Welcome to ComTrack, where you'll never have to watch a movie alone again. I'm your host, Tim Leifite, and we are continuing our Star Wars month with the Disney anthology movies. And we, since we did Solo last time, we are doing Rogue One, which is definitely one of the better of the anthology movies. Um, and joining me here today is one of my personal friends and a Star Wars expert himself, Nathan Ball. Say hi, Nathan. How's it going, everybody? Hee <laughs> Oh, it's been so long. So why don't you tell us a little about yourself, Nathan, and then we'll get started right into this movie. Oh, uh, would you like my qualifications as a Star Wars nerd? I think that might be the Oh, way please. To start because like, I want I'm sure everyone wants to make sure that you are totally totally about the Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Um <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's 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 uh let's start. I started young. Obviously, with everybody else, the same way. We mm -hmm. started with episode four, five, and six. I fell in love with the world of Star Wars. Uh, just the possibilities therein. I have most of the Legends books, if not all of them. I don't think all of them quite yet. I have to check. Yeah, you're really, really well-versed in the Expanded Universe. Yeah, not so many. Not so well with the newer books, I have to say, unfortunately. And I heard they were really good, so I do need to catch up on that. Uh, aside from that... Yeah. Um, I have all of the movies, um, I have a different version of this one, which I couldn't find, and I couldn't rent it, so, uh, you can thank Tim Leifite for, uh, uh, um, providing a copy. Yeah, pro providing me, uh, Because I'm cool to like that. Pretty much. And then, other than that, I think my yeah, biggest... Yeah, Nathan has actually... Uh, huh? Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, uh, Nathan is, uh, joining us from, uh, all the way from Denver, Colorado. Yes, I am. So I forgot that thing. This is, uh, this is gonna be a really interesting one, but, uh, please continue. I think my biggest claim to knowing what I'm talking about is I wrote my senior thesis as an English major on the philosophy of Star Wars and, more importantly, the importance of the dark side. And, uh... That was probably my favorite paper I've ever written in my entire life, ever. No, no. Who am I to talk? So much <laughs> I'm fun. the one who dressed up as, I, I'm the one who dressed up as Darth Vader, not only to Star Wars Celebration, but at the opening night premiere of the Last Jedi, uh, at my local theater. And you were there with me. I was. And what was I dressed as, Tim? Uh, you were a Sith Lord from the Old Republic. I, I, I believe it was your own character? It is, yes. Um, uh, Tim and I had been dabbling in writing scripts and comics and things like that. One of them, one of my favorite characters that came out of it was a Darth Rakdos, which, uh, without getting into that, was just a very fun, very utilitarian-style Sith Lord. And it, was, it was a great time. Great, great time talking yeah. about it. Hopefully, uh, for uh, the the opening of Rise of Skywalker, you and I can hit the theater once again. Oh God, that'd be wonderful. That was a really memorable night. That was super. But enough funny. about you know. Oh, it was. But enough about like those movies. Let's talk about the movie we're here to watch tonight, Rogue One. So, uh, I actually remember watching the. Uh, I actually this is one of the few movies I did not see uh, opening day on the theater. Um, although Solo doesn't really count because. We, I think it's safe to say, like, most of us looked at Solo and the previews and whatnot, and we're like, we're not going to go... We'll see this in the theater, but not opening day or night or whatnot. But Rogue One, I didn't... I saw much later on in the theater, and I thought it was really cool. And then I found out you had not seen, so I yanked your ass, like, what That's you were true. doing whatever that That's day, true. sat your ass down, and I said, watch this, because... 
oh my god, there are amazing things in it. <laughs> yeah, the first time I watched that was with you, and uh, I remember, I hadn't had any spoilers, because I, I pride myself on my ability to dodge spoilers, because I'm poor and I can't usually see things right away. Um, but I had not seen anything about Rogue One. And I gotta be honest, I really wasn't excited for it because I thought this was just more of like a throwaway film that they were just making for money, which I guess may be technically the point of a business, but I really, really enjoyed it a lot, Same, actually. The best, the biggest compliment that I can give this movie is that it feels like Star Wars Battlefront the movie. Yeah, that'd be very fair to say, I think. Yeah, and since like... Um, for everyone out there who like knows me personally, Star Wars Battlefront uh, took up more time of my gaming than any other game that I've ever played, ever. Uh, now, are you talking... What Star Wars Battlefront are you talking? Because I'm, I'm talking about the old school PlayStation 2. That a boy. See, my favorite was uh, Old Republic 2 with the clone troopers on the front. That was... I, had <laughs> that for, I still have that for original Xbox. And I busted oh, out dude, every once I in a still, while. I, yeah, I still have uh, Star Wars Battlefront one and two on my PlayStation two. I'll whip that out every once in a while, and it's still just as fun as it was uh, as a kid. Mm -hmm. Like the replayability on that thing, anyway. But the thing about Rogue One is uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, uh, yeah, watching that, it just felt like you know you were watching the campaign of like the greatest Star Wars Battlefront game. Like it, it felt like the uh, the cutscene to what should have been the new Star Wars Battlefront games. Well, I also like it because they made all these worlds that made the movie feel like it was all its own. It was its own standalone thing. But the worlds could be disposable, and they didn't need to matter later on, but they could have mattered in the story itself. And I think that was a very careful line that they treaded, and, and it worked out wonderfully. Because I love each and every oh, place yeah, that dude. they took us even though I know I'll never see it again, you know? And I think that yeah. was brilliantly done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as a matter of fact, I even uh, mentioned this on the last podcast. Uh, watching Solo, uh, even though I didn't really care for the film at all, uh, I can say that it still holds up with Rogue One in terms of its production design and look. Yeah. Like, you you look around at the, at the, uh, the movie and you're like, wow, I really want to walk around in these sets. Like, that's just I, yeah. what you want to do all day long, is just walk around in these sets, which is why I'm also really excited for uh, um, Galaxy's Edge and Disney World. Ooh. I'm super excited about that. I've got a friend. <laughs> yeah, uh, hopefully, like, either next year or a couple years down, I'm so, like, just going to slap my money on the counter to get, get into that, because I've been hearing amazing things about it. Yeah, well, I think... The problem with Star Wars that you and I usually get into is just a rabbit hole, just in general. We can't we can't talk about one thing in Star Wars without talking about all of it, and I think that's probably going to be a problem we're going to yeah. have to tailor ourselves yeah. with during this. It, no kidding, because, like, well, I mean, I don't mind if we detract or anything. It's just, um, although there is one thing that I've realized about uh, this thing, because couple people are like oh well why did, since you're doing a star wars month why don't you do some of the original trilogy i'm never gonna do any of the original trilogy a because they've been talked to to death but more importantly b for the format of the show there are a bazillion different versions of just episode four yeah 
Oh, and God. you ha- and unless you have the exact same copy that we would watch, that <laughs> it's not, not going to match up. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not ever going to watch the Blu-ray. Like the Blu-ray cuts, awful. As Star Wars fans, we're like, no, the blue, fuck the yeah. Blu-rays. Unfortunately, that's the one that I have too. It was just an easy, easy grab, and I hadn't had a new copy yet that I hadn't either lost or destroyed over the years. So unfortunately, yeah. that's what I've I'm still got my VHSs. Yeah. I think somewhere i don't i don't know anymore do you still have your vhs's somewhere yeah uh i also i also have the star wars monopoly game from i believe 1982 i think it's in my grandpa's attic yeah oh dude you should sell that shit on ebay are you out of your mind i'm not selling that that's (laughs) that is my treasure sir you have to pry that out from my grave no, dude, like, uh, that's okay, I respect that, but although I th- still think it would be kind of fun to be like, hey, it's actually worth I'm this so much. Curious. I'm so curious. <laughs> <laughs> I am so curious, that's for damn sure. Yeah, so I don't know if there's anything else you want to say about the movie before we get started. Um, No, actually, I think we've covered at least a little Most... bit of our expectations of what they were, and, and, and this being the shining gem outside of the, you know, the trilogy and series itself. Um, yeah definitely for sure yeah um it, so uh yeah i say we start rolling the movie so for those of you back home uh i s- pull up your uh your copy of rogue one and get ready to sync it up because we are ready to be- press play in three two one <clears throat> and there it is the lucasfilm logo um i s- i still really do love that logo the the new revamped logo it's- so Jumping into it a long a very, time ago. Takes a very classic uh, uh, script and just it, it makes it pop. Yeah. Uh, so, like, one notable thing about Rogue One here, as you can see, no opening crawl. It just jumps right in. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Like, because I know a lot of people are like, come on, is it too much to ask for the crawl here? I'm like, you know what? Because it's technically not one of the episodes, like, it's not part of the the saga, as you would. Uh, I'm okay with it. Well, you know, I think it's because everybody expected it. And, well, expected it in a way that I didn't know what to think without it. And it was such a shock not to see it. And not yeah. to figure out what I was getting into. I almost felt blind a little bit. You know, honestly, it felt a little weird to hear to start a Star Wars movie and not hear the 20th Century Fox logo. Mm-hmm. So, whatever. Um, so now we're uh, on this planet here. Uh, I love the location here because this is straight out of Kurosawa. Because I love the black sand. Like uh, I don't know if you, much, I don't know how much of your history buff you are, but uh, um, the black sands are kind of based off of uh, Iwo Jima. Uh, mm. Yeah, okay. and I really love the the alien kind of look to it. So now we got a first introduction to little Jin or so. Walking around and packing up their shit because the empire is gonna fuck up all, uh, fuck up everything. And uh, here's probably one of my favorite bits: blue milk. <laughs> <laughs> it's not officially Star Wars until we've seen our blue milk, is it? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, now we got uh, Saul Guerrero, who's part of the uh, the the rebel uh, the rebel extremists. Um, that's that's the other thing I'm really loving about these movies on how they're like really expanding on the politics of it. And yet they're also 
surprisingly vague with these. They're expanding the politics with the old ones, but they're making the new movies, like specifically the First Order, very vague. Well, like, I think where did the First Order come from? The first, the the major point when you're talking about Star Wars as a whole, you know, light side, dark side, really philosophically allow me to dive into my paper is that Please. nothing is black and white and star wars as a whole and i think this movie as well really dived into how you could take a very simple concept of obviously evil obviously good and just throw them together and you get the real world of what happens when you mix those yeah. two ideals because, you know, no yeah. one ever thinks that they're the villain, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's always very true. Like, they're all, it's it's that sort of thing. And, oh, and then that's what I thought was really cool. The whole kyber crystal necklace. Yeah. That was, that's pretty neat. Yeah. Um, I really love how they bring, like, the old conceptual stuff and they kind of work it in, in other ways. But, um, yeah. And, again, I really love this location. Again, it just, this feels like the open, if this was in black and white and all the uh, the characters weren't whitewashed and they were all Asian, this would authentically feel like a science fiction Kurosawa film. Ooh. You know? It's like... The, also, can we also talk about the uh, the brand new Stormtroopers? Yeah. The fucking black troopers. <laughs> Blacked out and just looking competent. <laughs> <laughs> I also love how they uh, their voices get scrambled when they talk, so, you know, the enemy can't hear what they're saying. That's a really cool idea. Yeah. Um, and also, I even I really dig uh, uh, director Krennic's uh, uniform as well. well. I like um, it because it just it stands out so aggressively. And yet, it still feels aesthetically uh, fitting to the world that it's in. Um, and let's be honest, when he rocks the cape, that cape is awesome. Capes are hard to rock. Yes, they are. And it's a, it's a tricky thing. Yeah, and uh, but Ben Mendelsohn here, the actor, uh, God, he's just got he's just kind of exploded onto the scene like in the last couple of years as like a really great villain character actor. Like he's done this, he's done Ready Player One. He oh, did, that's uh, right. Okay. Yeah, he was in. Yeah, yeah, yeah He was yeah. in Ready Player One. He was also in. Uh, uh, oh God, look at that armor, um, dude! Right. Oh. Um, <clears throat> the and believe it or not, the five hundred first already have. All, like all the new armor uh ready for them to wear like i, I at, at celebration there were tons of these guys running around it was awesome <laughs> um but uh, uh what was i gonna say um shit i lost my train of thought but whatever like shit's about to happen with uh <clears throat> with the parents like i don't care if this is a little bit cliched you know the whole dead parents thing and while the kid watches to swear revenge and whatnot but i'll go with it it's a stupid face space opera, you know. You know, cliches exist for a reason. You yeah. Know, it, it, yeah. It, it's simple. So long as they're it, done well, you know. Yeah. Mm. But uh, oh yeah, I was talking about Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, he's he's kind of become like a really great uh, character villain actor. Like he was also in Dark Knight Rises. Uh, he I was uh, uh, he was also you don't recognize him at all because he's in heavy makeup, but. Uh, he was also uh, one of the aliens and the main alien in uh, uh, Captain Marvel uh, last year, this year. So, uh, I yeah, did not like this. Recognize him at all? Well, see, like when he go, like when he changes to his human, quote unquote, human form, he 
uh, Ben Mendelsohn actually gets to you know act without like all that makeup and whatnot, but it's still him under all of that anyway. Um, so, but yeah, Ben Mendelsohn's just like really, really blown up and like all these really great uh, villain bit parts, which is kind of awesome. I'm excited to see what he does from here, because uh, as actually for the longest time, uh, I wasn't excited for him to be in Ready Player One. I love the action figure there. Like, I love how there are action figures within this universe. You know? It's really good. I, I love how it's a trooper. Yeah, right? Like, like, look at that propaganda just subtly thrown in there. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense because, you know, uh, her dad was uh, the chief engineer for the Death Star. Well, yeah, it makes sense. But that's a, that's a detail that you didn't need that mm-hmm. adds a lot of depth to it. That was yeah, a nice and, touch. And uh, when uh, Star Wars at its finest is really good about those details. Like, uh, one of my absolute all-time favorite details that they technically didn't need was in Return of the Jedi when the Rancor dies. And then all of a sudden you see his uh, handler mm-hmm. and start tearing up and crying because his pet's dead. Like, dude, you don't need that moment, but that makes that 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 world so much richer and deeper and more interesting. So now we have Saul Guerrero rescuing little Jin. Um, and apparently that was uh, his bald haircut that he's, you see in there. Mm-hmm. It was actually supposed to be maintained throughout the entire movie, but they gave him, like, you know, more hair and whatnot because uh, title drop. I like the title drop here. It's Star Wars-y. It's simple, and it just kind of is there and serves its job and then fucks off. It also does it in a different spot than I think any other movie. Yeah, yeah, like it has like a cold, like a straight up cold opening. Yeah, which, um, honestly, I like that because I love how that was handled a lot better than Solo. Because with Solo, they had you know the long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, but then they continue that font and they give you the uh, a diet crawl, like where they have text giving you background fade in and out, and then the story starts. Um, which I just didn't feel like that helped where is you know when you have like a cold opening the uh the everything you need to know that's told in these opening crawls that cold opening tells you everything you know and then you just give you the title and then boom you jump into the movie yeah so feels a lot more structurally sound well Um, you know you don't necessarily know this at the time of the movie starts but if you watch it the first time but I don't think anybody really realized exactly how close to episode four this was filmed. So yeah. you assume that yeah. you, you assume that you know already it would be the same crawl as episode four, technically. It's just a different part of the yeah. universe. Mm-hmm. But uh, either way, uh, again, I love these sets and the costumes. Just any t- uh, Disney has some really great production sense and uh, production designers because. Anytime I see some of this stuff, I'm like, oh, dude, this feels like the world's best theme park attraction. And I mean that in the most, in the best compliment that I can. Like, it just feels like a film set in the best way possible. Um, so, and now we have, uh, um, uh, actually, I believe this is the first major Latino character in the Star Wars universe by an actor, if I remember correctly. Uh major character pretty, yeah you might be right yeah yeah so um <laughs> it's actually to the point where i thought oh maybe it would be actually kind of cool if uh 
if I ever wind up joining the Rebel Legion or the 501st or whatnot, I can do a cosplay of this gay. It'd be actually kind of fun. Um, cool. Yeah, although I still am kind of debating on just doing like a regular uh, Rebel Soldier. And speaking of which, right on cue, these motherfuckers are ready to fuck some shit up. <clears throat> and boom! Oh, the, the, the Han Solo. Yeah, does that... There. Little spice there. <laughs> yep. Has to well, I mean, obviously he shoots first. Oh, obviously. He clearly shoots first. <laughs> <laughs> shoots first. I think that's and last. at this point it's generally accepted. <laughs> I do want to say something about about the settings that you're talking about. I mean, look look at how when you have those big crowd scenes, just the wide range of creatures there. Like they really captured a good view of this is just a melting pot slums city this is what this would look like this is that's version of of downtown new york or chicago or something like that and they yeah. threw aliens in yeah. there and not obviously they're just there as they yeah. would be in a population and i think that 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 was that was a very delicate thing to do because you could overload it so easily yeah yeah, it's it's true, and they also give like an, uh, just enough of it with screen time. Um, and speaking of creature designs, like these fucking squad mates, like he, the this guy, I don't know who the hell he is, but <laughs> such a dope ass design, an intimidating design, <laughs> right? <laughs> Eyes, and also, man. yeah, um, and I also love how they have like a a pseudo like wampa guy with yeah. just a backpack and a blaster. <laughs> so, just trot, trotting around with them, um, but yeah, we have uh, Rook the pilot who's supposed to who the, who defected from the Empire. Mm-hmm. So you know, and they're being taken to Sol Guerrero. Now this shot coming up, where it's like you get to see the uh, the statue. This shot, that's so cool. Like the fucking fallen over Jedi sculpture. That's cool. Oh, and this boat, the the uh, the the troop transport here at the Imperial Labor Camp. I love how it's exactly the same kind of model that of the uh, the ATST tanks that the, it, that were used in the Clone Wars. Like you can tell this is just like an old Clone Wars model that's revamped for tr- uh, prison transport. Well, that was that was the point. I mean, uh, that he Palpatine as in he built his entire strength off of the foundations of the Republic. And what that looks like in technicality is, is like anywhere else in reality. You would repurpose things to suit a new uh, new job. Or, I mean, it, it, it happens after every major war. It happens every time uh, you know, different countries come into different agreements. When something is usurped, you can't just start from scratch. That'd be ludicrous. You have to take the bones of what was there before and adapt it in a very small, certain yep. way. And the slow evolution. Boom. Here. Hi, K2. Oh, God. Probably my favorite character in this whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> uh, I think uh, if I remember correctly, um, John Knoll, who wrote the uh, the screenplay, uh, he described K two S O as C three P O but with bigger balls. <laughs> I can see that. And of course, now now we're going to Yavin four. Now this this is one of my favorite locations in the movie. Like, dude, 
this honestly feels like the the like right here where we see the uh, the old old school monitors from the 70s that is the coolest thing i've seen uh in, in these movies just like how it feels exactly like you could literally uh, watch episode four and be like yeah totally they use the same set is it cool that the older these movies get or the older they make these movies look <clears throat> it just shows more and more how the rebellion was just kind of scraping things together because it didn't look like this in the 70s but now it looks like old tech it looks like yeah. tech that they found oh it's mon monthma dude hands down to their casting director because i forget exactly who this actress is but she is the spitting image of mon mothma like she looked like she stepped right out of return of the jedi yeah i tell you i was a little uncomfortable with that I like, <laughs> no. you're not supposed to look like that you're supposed to be um, old well to be fair i mean that's not the only person who makes like a reappearance at least that actress's face is 100 percent natural unlike you know governor tarkin oh yeah yeah i remember that that was yeah awful. we're not we're not there um, yet but still we're no. honestly yeah you're right we'll, we'll talk about it as soon as that scene comes up but right. uh at least uh for now like mon monthma here just is like Wow, the casting on that is beautiful. Um, so now we can see that uh, J uh, Jin Urso has been uh, captured by the rebels because she's like, "Oh, your dad worked on the Death Star. That's the main threat of the entire galaxy. We have questions." <clears throat> and I really, uh, oh yeah, and then this is uh, another thing. Like I really love how uh, they're really trying to distance himself from. Uh, solve Guerrera because he's the extremist, whereas the Alliance just wants order. I I, I don't know. I, I really like that's that's a nice little bit of ex, uh, more world building. Um, although I'm really disappointed to where Saul Guerrera's uh, character just goes, like how it ends. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't happy about that. Like he's a cool a purpose though, and and not just visually, but kind of foreshadowing wise. Yeah, the character just, service job, it, you know, whatever. I still say he could, you know, he could have still like escaped in a separate ship or whatnot, because you know, he could have made like it would have been actually cool to see. Uh, or no, wait, did he make an appearance in Star Wars Rebels, the the animated show? Because mm. I've only seen I'm bits and least, pieces. That's the one I'm least familiar with. Yeah, I've only seen bits and pieces of uh, Star Wars Rebels, and oh. Oh, Bail Organa stepping in frame. Jimmy. Oh, that was cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's his? God. Um, crap. <clears throat> uh, I forget the actor's name off the top of my head, but he actually came back from episode three, which was really, really cool. <clears throat> and it would be an appropriate time gap, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, like it totally works. Like that worked out. They don't really need to age him up a, a, a bit at all. So. Now they're going to um, load up. And again, you know, like the best thing that I can say about these is everything honestly feels like uh, they the uh, the prop and art department uh, just went out to like vintage uh, hardware stores and picked up just a bunch of 70s junk and cobbled it together because oh, that's exactly saying. what they did. What you're saying the is they, they're just simply walking in the same old steps. 
and doing it old school. Yep. And it and it shows like all this stuff feels like it's made from junk from the 70s. And that's the 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 greatest compliment you can get. <clears throat> um but also can we talk about how how awesome K2SO is in this movie? It's yeah, actually kind of shocking. It's 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 just really shocking. I mean, I guess it's not so shocking that he's probably got more personality than any of the other human characters. But more more personality and lack thereof is interesting. Yeah, um, but I think it really helps that he's played by you know uh, graduate of Juilliard uh, Alan Tudyk. I didn't know that actually. Yes. Uh, Alan Tudyk does did all the mocap on set, and he provides the voice, so it's one hundred percent his performance. Um, oh, that's just and I, cool. Yeah, so I honestly think because it's Alan Tudyk's like sense of charm that gives him K two S O S such memorability, uh, or per- turning in such a memorable performance, rather. So that's that, that that's at least my my thing is just Alan Tudyk is so cool that he can make probably the character with the least amount of like actual personality the most memorable character in the movie God, and the details that they that they put in just rendering <laughs> it's high CGI. yeah the optic lenses are moving individually like they would actual eyeballs i mean oh my god yeah i, I love the 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 optical eyeballs and whatnot that's that's a really cool touch and at, gives it a, a a really good sense of life mm-hmm. um but again i just love how he always bickers with uh um cassian just constantly like you you do know he's going to use that she's going to use that blaster against you you want to know the odds it's high <laughs> it's very very high <laughs> but uh yeah seeing yavin 4 on the screen again was a really pleasant surprise i'm not I, gonna lie i can only um, imagine what that sounded like in the theaters no like well, because like there's like a, I mean obviously we can't hear because we're we watch movies on subtitles because we don't want Disney to be like give us money, um, but uh, when when Yavin Four appears there's like a huge crescendo in the music and whatnot and I knew like if I was there like uh, opening night, uh, I, I'm pretty sure the entire crowd would have just went fucking ape shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, now we have uh, Rook the pilot meeting kate um meeting saul guerrera uh and i really love uh just how he's like a a total cyborg and whatnot who does not give any fucks i believe that that's that's awesome God, yeah he looks, right he looks cool just he salty and angry and not caring but oh you know now that i think about it i'm a little disappointed that no one cosplayed him at celebration I think you know it's probably because of his mechanical leg. Yeah, that'd be that's tricky. hard to pull off. Um, uh, may- maybe if like there's like a black guy with out there with uh as an amputee who's actually an amputee, maybe. But that's pretty it. niche. Also, yeah. when you when you listen closely when he takes a breath, it's the sound effect of Darth Vader breathing. Yeah, well, wasn't it also he was made a lot like General Grievous as like a shadow of a Vader type. Like what things could have been, the the way that that character I, type evolved. Yeah, because George Lucas has always said that um, technology, and especially in accordance to like you know, oh shit, shit, shit. I'm sorry. I need to. I'm gonna let me get to back to this, but because this shot is amazing, 
with the Star Destroyer coming out of the shadow, and then oh. Oh, <laughs> they're putting the super laser in. This is what one of the coolest shots in the whole movie. <laughs> um, but uh, oh, no, what I was going right. Um, but what I was saying is, uh, George Lucas is always described as like you know, uh, mechanical appendages is kind of a symbol of the loss of humanity, mm-hmm. and so the more mechanical one is, the less human they are, and that's very fitting with Saul Guerrero. But enough about Saul Guerrero. You ready for this reveal, ladies and gentlemen? <sighs> Boom, Tarkin. Tarkin. Yeah. Um. So a lot of people were mixed about how well this was rendered and handled. Uh, to me, this is a failure, but it's a very important failure. Like, it's a failure in the right direction. We're getting there. They needed to do this experiment, if you will, right. in order to better refine it. Because there are some moments, like, some, if you, like, pause it, it actually looks kind of amazing. But when he, mo- but when he moves in certain ways, it's off-putting. And then when there's other parts where he's moving, it actually feels, it's weird. Like, it goes in and out. Like, it goes from really convincing to not convincing at all. What always gets me about CGI when you're when you're trying to make CGI is the mouth movements don't line up the way real people speak. And that's the, that's the thing that I always catch. It doesn't have that same flick when you speak with your mouth. And yeah. you, like you would speak any other way. But still, um, <clears throat> my guess is... My guess is it it's probably in the uh, the actual. I need to actually take a look at a closer look at the uh, the behind the scenes, but um, because it's performance capture, like they put dots on the actor and whatnot, and they speak and perform the scene as if they were there just like regularly. Um, if I remember correctly, uh, if you kind of over, because I know a lot of directors will say over, just punch it up a little bit so um, that movement registers a little bit better in the computer. Um, but it also, but it also might, so they push it a little too far. So it looks unnatural or it could be like, they didn't push it enough. And the animators like doing all the tracking have to add like a little extra, but it becomes at points a little too much extra and therefore it looks wrong. It's, it's walking a really, really thin line. I always think of that scene in Captain America and I believe it's. The one where uh, Peggy dies of yes. old age. Civil yes. War? Is that Civil War? No, no. Uh, no, it's Civil War. War. It's Civil War. No, it's to- no, it's totally Civil War. Okay. Well, um, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm Then I'm thinking of... Uh, no, wait, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's in Winter Soldier. Well, she di- She's just straight up dies in Civil War. Right. The the hospital scene. And yes, I know CGI what you're talking about. The CGI was amazingly done, but... Again, her mouth movements were just a bit off, and all of that, that's all I could focus on. And I always think yeah. of it, too. And the same thing in yep. this. Individually, I see what you're talking about. Tarkin looked phenomenal, but it, it just didn't work. And yeah. Uh, I Again, I feel like it's either, you know, the actor is either overacting or is trying to compensate for the uh, the CG and the the, uh, the animators are uh, trying to compensate for the lack of information the actor gave them. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of it, it. Those two things are so small and niche that if they don't marry absolutely perfectly, then it's going to feel off. So I still give them props for getting that far. 
So again, it's not perfect at all. Like, uh, it's, uh, but it, again, if it might be a failure, but it's a a failure in the right direction, especially to where we are now. Because Disney's been getting really good at it recently yeah. with the Marvel movies, yeah, uh, with yeah. the whole de aging process. Um, although with Tarkin, it's a little bit different because they are literally putting a long dead actor's face on a uh, another actor, do, right. like mimicking him. So that's that's a whole bit. I think they just bit off a little. Um, more than they could chew because it's easy to de-age someone who's playing themselves than have another actor portray someone who's been dead for a long time right yeah <clears throat> and k2so is just getting left behind cause... but i think tarkin was important because it, it was another nod as to where in the timeline we are it, 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 the one thing i do like about this movie as a whole jesus wow look at that um okay this uh, let me stop you right oh, there for God. a second because <laughs> uh um after force awakens and this i would kindly like to ask disney to stop putting tentacle monsters in their star wars movies <laughs> please stop it i know you're probably trying to pander to the japanese audience but please stop it oh that giant uh, thing in solo too this giant thing in solo borgalette in this thing and uh, the Rathtars and Force Awakens. Thankfully, Last Jedi had enough sense to say no giant squid monsters. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, just stop it, Disney. <laughs> That's the one thing that I'm not liking what you're really doing here. But stop anyways, with the squid monsters. Yeah, back, go on, please. Back to, back to what I was saying. I really like how no one really Chicken knows... Walker. No one really knows exactly when this is between episode three and four. There is just, it's, it's, everybody knew it was a story of how they got the plans of the Death Star. That's pretty much all anybody knew before yep. this movie oh, came cameo out. time. Cameo time. And. Yeah, it's the guys <laughs> from the cantina. Um, you know, actually, I really kind of disliked that moment looking back because. I'm like, oh, it's those guys from the cantina. And then, like, two seconds later, I realized, like, oh, I've just been pandered as a fan. <laughs> Damn you, Disney, and playing on my cheap emotions. <laughs> uh, he's going he's gonna to lose that hand in about a week and a half, so. Yeah, enjoy it while he can. <laughs> but, but the, the neat thing about this movie in general is that it doesn't tell you where this is. But it gives you little hints and clues all the way up until the very last scene, and yeah. I thought that was and so towards cool. the end when you realize, and, like and towards the end too. when you realize that all of them are not gonna make it, you know? Yeah, and, and yeah, you, I like you're that. Just getting a little bit more and more dread as you go, and uh. yep, yep, it's good. And uh, oh yeah, and then here we get introduced to uh, the <clears throat> not Jedi of the movie. But uh, we, but I'm just amazed that they kind of got Donnie Yen for this movie. Like he is super big in Japan. He's like one of uh, Hong Kong's like greatest uh, action stars. It's ridiculous how they were able to get him in this. What, um, but uh, <laughs> I, I honestly can't remember his character name, so I just call him uh, Star Wars Toph. Because <laughs> I mean, look at this guy. You know, uh, and I also really love his uh, his buddy, 
Again, I can never remember those two characters' names. They're fucking cool. And I love uh, that Donnie Yen is part of this whole Star Wars thing. And I love their character dynamic. But for the life of me, I can never remember their names. (laughs) Um, His character, if if I may interject, his character is important because it explains subtly that you don't have to have the Force and be a Jedi or a Sith. That they do exist yeah. separately, even if you were one yeah. before or or knew one, uh, the Force doesn't make you a Jedi. It doesn't make you a Sith. Yep. It's just there. Jedi and Sith use yep. what's already there. Now, that tank formation there, I was watching this movie and I'm like, oh shit! I, like you see the uh, these guys talking and getting ready to attack, and I'm like. Oh my God! This is the Star Wars version of of uh, Fallujah. Yeah, I <clears throat> love this setup. This is amazing. This is uh, the kind of thing that I've been wanting to see in a Star Wars movie for the longest time. Like, this feels like a a, a battle you would see in Mos Eisley. You know. Well, um, it's also it, it shows the difference between rebels and grounded. I love this little guy. Forces. (laughs) You know, you have guerrilla warfare, which wasn't really shown a whole lot in 4, 5, and 6 as, like, actual Oh, it was in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, but not very much. You're you're thinking of, Dude, that's what the entire Battle of Endor was. Yeah, but that that one you could talk talk about, like, Ewoks. I love this little moment with this kid. Yeah. But, like, this, I think... uh, Yeah. This, I think, is the first time that we see a nitty-gritty, gorilla-style, sapper battle. And, yeah. And, and you're right, it was in The Return of the Jedi, but it still felt a little bit too regimented on both sides, especially after the battle got going. This is all all how the yeah. Rebels would plus, have been. Plus it, plus it still kind of kept to that kid-friendly adventure kind of vibe. This is a straight-up battle war. Right. Also, I love this moment. Pew! <laughs> <laughs> Just taking out stormtroopers left and right. <laughs> Whole lot of dead stormtroopers in this movie. <laughs> uh, also, I really love the tank in that thing. Um, as a matter of fact, at Celebration, they built a full-size one that you can get into. What? You yeah. son of a bitch. It's, <laughs> uh, it's so cool. Um, but yeah, d- oh, dude, dude, the, ad- the ATST. Just fucking in and blowing shit up, like, dude. It this honestly feels like a uh, a scene, like a, you're ready to just like pop in your controller and start bl- shooting the crap out of stormtroopers in the version of Star Wars Battlefront that we should have gotten in the latest gen consoles. You know? Uh, yeah. I please don't rem- remind me of those. <laughs> I yeah I know it's the 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 worst thing that came out of those new video games was that. I played it for three hours and I got bored. That was that. Oh, yeah. Oh. oh yeah. And then this happens like Did you think that was me? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> of course, uh like and then of course you know, just when uh K two is, you know, being snarky and it, he this shit happens. He just catches it and then Boom! <laughs> I should have just waited on the ship. <laughs> and I think it's funny, especially because they were trying so hard and looking so badass, and he did the same thing in three moves. 
Yep. <laughs> yep. And of course, this shit happens. Now, this is actually uh, a really wonderful moment where K2 just like um, tries to improvise. Uh, but one of my favorite bits is right right here. It's coming up where uh, uh, Cassie and he tries to mouth off and K2 just smacks him. <laughs> that was not scripted. Alan Tudyk totally just improvised that. <laughs> and uh, and his, and if you look, the guy who plays Cassian, he's actually trying to like hide a smile because he's like, oh, shit, I did not expect you to do that. Alan. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, that was uh, that was a really nice little touch. And of course, now we got fucking Toph coming out. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, it's really sad if only this guy could do some Jedi mind tricks. Just like you want to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know what i will say about this movie i love the the scene because let's face it right here is uh when um uh the star wars franchise set up uh the stormtroopers weakness to being beaten to death by sticks <laughs> you know <laughs> i know this choreography is so cool <laughs> <laughs> although to be fair um i'm pretty sure this one guy could take on actual guys dressed as stormtroopers also fair also be fair. yeah because uh if any of uh like anyone who uh like members of the 501st or whatnot who've actually <laughs> run around in those armor pieces you cannot see or do shit and you are likely to get your ass handed to you and I love the, uh, this little bit moment here. You almost shot me! <laughs> Pow! If I, if I, ooh, in the face. In uh, the it, face. If I may, I think the majority of, of what Hostile. I'll be commenting on is, is kind of the world that it exists in. Because that's, that's my yep. area of expertise as it is. And so, moving forward with that, I like the subtle things that they're doing here with this character. Uh, as the wide old, wise old, maybe Jedi sage. Um, yeah. How they use this character to explain really particularly how the Force works within Force sensitives. It's not... Yes. It, 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 it's, it's not where the Force just tells you this or that. It's you trusting in your own ability because you very clearly saw him. They showed it very well that he paid attention to every sound. He paid attention to the way, uh, 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 you know, vibrations moved, and he trusted the, the force and, yeah. in trusting his own senses, and that was really important. Yeah. Um, mm. Although, are you kidding me? I'm blind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> um, but uh, no. Uh, yeah, totally. Like, I love the fact that the best thing about one of the best things about uh, Disney taking back Star Wars is uh, that you're, you know, they're kind of like trying to move away from the midichlorians and be like, the force isn't about what's in your bloodstream. It's 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 supposed to be this vague description of religion's greatest hits. that's tied yeah. to your sense of faith and spirituality and whatnot. And like they're really they're trying to not, push back that. Do you think they're not researching the legends when they're writing this stuff? Please. Oh, no, they're totally like, you know, t stealing the best of bits and pieces of it to make it better. So, and I have no quarrels with that no, whatsoever. 
I'm good with that. You can't steal from your own property rights. Oh, right. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, it's technically you not stealing if it's still Star Wars. That's true. Um, and then this little bit right here, I love this. Like the, uh, the, the gambling game, which is really cool. And, of course, you know, the dancing girl thing where more more fan pandering and yes. i fell for it <laughs> yep totally um although uh like it's too bad this movie didn't finally give us the uh the what i forget how to pronounce it but it's like the dead shark chessboard game oh right yeah because i feel like if we I, if, i'd butcher that too so don't feel bad but uh however because of solo the one thing that great great thing that came out of that Disney did release a Sabacc uh, card game that you can actually play. Shut so. up. Oh, yeah, no, dude, totally. Uh, so, uh, yeah, if you want to, next time you're over in uh, Cincinnati, we'll kick back Lando, Calrissian, Han Solo style and play some Sabacc. I need Although you to understand I <laughs> that I'm going to dedicate a large amount of time into whooping your ass in that game. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least uh, at least I'll be. Uh, uh, first off, I'll I will play fair, and second, I will not bet my truck. <laughs> I can't promise to either of those. So, <laughs> dark side all the way. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, then I guess I'll just have to beat your ass fair and square, yeah, just like on solo. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Now we get. Uh, now Jen Urso gets to be questioned by Saul Guerrero himself because, you know, those two... I wish we had had a little bit more time to develop these two characters' relationship with one another because they had that one little tidbit at the beginning and then this, and that's it. You know? I wish there was a little bit more. But I guess with this, like, exchange, like, you know, we were once friends and whatnot, and... uh. I was trying to keep you safe and all that stuff. Like, I think, you know, the dialogue and the actors give flesh it out just enough for, to keep the plot moving, you know? Yeah. Two sides to every coin, right? Yeah, always. Um, although there is this one really uh, great line coming up uh, where uh, how Jin, what Jin thinks of the uh, the galaxy and... Uh, the Im the imperial reign, so to speak, because uh, <clears throat> because I remember your reaction when we first watched it. Uh, I'm like, that's a really good line, and I'm like, totally agreeing. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. The pilot. No, they're just uh, they're just oh, kind of talking bandering. about. They're just bandering. I'm yep, getting out of myself. Uh, although, although to be fair, yeah, again, I still love that that breathing device because I'm pretty sure that's like straight up a piece. Of, that actually, I'm pretty sure it's the same pieces that they use to make the uh, the rebreather devices on the Millennium Falcon. Mm. Yeah, which again, another really great piece of uh, of designing. Uh, I just wish one day that someone does do like a really good cosplay. Of this guy because his costume is so cool and Especially it, it looks armor. to the part it looks to the part it looks thrown together with what he had he you know, clearly the rebel forces are not well funded they're they're just you know farmers with pitchforks version of this and i yeah, think that pretty that's, much that's it's really well done yeah i mean well the, Re the rebel alliance to me has always been kind of scrappy 
at least until you saw the full fleet in uh, Return of the Jedi. Then you're like, oh, these guys are a little bit more organized than you might than you come to recollect. But that's more, I think, uh, oh, this line right here. If you dare to see the Imperial flag reign across the galaxy, not a problem if you don't look up. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's a great line. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, the, uh, the Rebel Alliance has always been kind of scrappy until you saw the full fleet at Force. Um, at, oh, shit, right here, this shot. That's straight out of 2001, son. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. I love what they're doing there. Uh, but, yeah, they've always been kind of scrappy. But I still suspect that we got to see the full force of the Rebel Alliance for Return of the Jedi because, you know, George Lucas actually had the budget that time around. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole reason why you don't see a whole lot in the first movie is like, dude, they were literally running out of money. The first Star Wars movie is a really cheap me- piece of movie. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> movie only cost $11 bucks. Like, that that's super, super cheap back in the day. <clears throat> it looks like it made a good return. Insert really shitty pun here. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. Aha. Uh-huh. Fuck yourself. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks um, oh God, but yeah, again, I love the, the video setup with this, dude. All the beep, boop, boop. <clears throat> also, uh, I really love how the fact that the jail cells definitely feels like it's... Uh, you know, uh, it feels like it's Jabba the Hutt's. Mm-hmm. Like you're on uh, Tatooine. Yes. And, I mean, Jeddah's already kind of a desert planet, so it kind of works. There's a lot of desert planets in the Star Wars universe. There's a, lot there? of desert, there's a lot of desert planets in the real universe, so, you know, there. Fair point. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm just saying, like, out of all the, you know, monotopographical uh, planets and the Star Wars galaxy, most of them seem to be de- uh, desert-based. You know, well, we have Korriban, Geonosis, Tatooine, Jeddah, and uh, Jakku. Well, this is interesting. Think about why, though. All of the Earth-like planets are probably really expensive to live on. Yeah. So, or they're untouched, like Endor. Well, or so, for the most part... All these other planets, or the quote-unquote slums, are often a lot more poor, right? They have, like, one trade. Like, Tatooine, they sell water almost exclusively. That's vapor farms. It's a big thing. So, you have this class division that's more obviously thrown at your face. Look at that patch. That's that's a cool patch. Yes. Um, Again, the costume designs are just... I love how they're so new and yet they feel so old. Uh-huh. <clears throat> um, and I also love uh, the fact that they really try hard to make, like, the world's best updated version of the a shot-for-shot remake of the uh, the Death Star firing up. Like, anytime they uh, they pull back, it's like, dude, this feels like the world's greatest fan recreation of those old shots is that not I mean, what they all are now <laughs> that's pretty yeah i mean the you could argue that all the disney star wars films are just a uh um just really expensive fan films but oh, i'm okay be careful you tread you tread hard waters there sir <laughs> and you know well i mean you can make the argument i don't necessarily agree agree with that i don't want to take it too far but you can argue that i can see where that would go i wouldn't necessarily b- believe it completely 
uh, here I kind of probably would when because this came out before Solo, and you know it was before like we you know it was the first outside of the uh, the saga. Um, this did feel like the world's biggest budget Star Wars fan film, but that in a good way, you know, not in like a bad way. Right. <clears throat> uh, also, I love how this whole sequence here, like this whole revelation of, to Jyn Erso and his father, er, and her father is it's basically the entire point of this movie to fill in the plot hole of how easy it was to take down the Death Star in episode four. Right. Cause I believe uh honest trailer said it best. Like this is the most money anyone's ever put in to fill in a plot hole. <laughs> <laughs> and you I also know, love, I appreciate uh, that they did it though. That That's a, yeah, no, I, t- I totally do too. Uh, although I really do love oh, what they okay. do here. Where you know the whole the Death Star just blocks out the sun before destroying Jetta. Like, damn, this guy knows. Like Gareth Edwards, the director, he definitely knows how to set up a, uh, a shot for these. Uh-huh. Like, um, uh, and uh, you know, contrary to a lot of other people, I know uh, a lot of people didn't care for his other film, uh, his Godzilla movie, but I still really love uh, his version of Godzilla, Look and I really love this one. Yes. That is so cool. The uh, the fucking... Just like the times 10 apocalyptic nuclear explosion <laughs> with a sol- with a, sol- a solar eclipse yeah. from the Death Star. Like, oh god, that's some awesome visual storytelling right there. <clears throat> so now they gotta all escape. And now here's where probably my... Uh, I love this line. There's a problem on the horizon. There's no horizon. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, he, he's, he, I, that's probably the other reason why he's so memorable because he clearly gets the best lines <laughs> I wonder how much of that is ad-libbed out of just it, pure curiosity I'm pretty sure a good, like more than we're let on like I know because Alan Tudyk has just an amazing instinct as an actor um, so probably a lot of it was uh, improvised but who knows uh, but anyway, here come, th- this part right here, though, is probably the biggest point where I'm like, the movie sh- kind of fucked itself up. Um, but it kind of like uh, did that just so the plot can keep going. Is that Saul Guerrero just finally just says, I will run no longer because, you know, he has to die. Like, th- that's the thing with this movie. All the main characters die. And I'm like, yeah, but the thing is, like, I still question as to why is he dying like why is he choosing now to you know to die like mm. i don't know it's it's kind of vague and dumb also uh jen urso made her j- biggest fuck up of this entire movie she didn't take her father's message with him yeah like, seriously would, just take the just take the flash drive with you and like just run with that shit and take it to the rebellion and be like, look, look, there's a flaw. We can, uh, there's proof. My father's innocent. Please don't kill him, you know, and that sort of shit. But now, more uh, more movie things need to happen, I guess. So yeah, whatever. It's again, it's like a, it, this is a stupid space opera movie. So who who are we to complain about, right? Also, imagine how intimidating this would be. You just have the whole of the crust literally. What like literally inception, rising up, inceptioned over to you? And yes. <laughs> or, actually, no. I was thinking uh, you, you're on the right track. Interstellar. Yeah. Like, you remember that giant, yeah, yeah, giant wave. wave that was yeah. heading toward them? 
Oh, like, God. yeah, that's totally what they were. Oh, dude. Imagine yeah, the shit in your pants right now. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure in like two seconds, there wouldn't be anything in my pants. My pants but, would no longer be pants anymore. They'd just be a cinder. Well, at a few seconds, it wouldn't be your problem then, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, throw your fucking rebreather. Yeah, well, he doesn't give a shit. Not anymore. I, I still wish that I kind of gave a little bit more of a shit about his death. Because, again, I'm still curious as to why he chose right then and there to to die and to stop the fight and whatnot. Did you like, ever Did you ever look into that? Like, maybe there was more and it just was part of the section that was cut? Uh, I, I don't think so. Uh, well, because apparently uh, Disney was looking at a lot of the dailies uh, from this movie. Kathleen Kennedy specifically was like, there's not... Uh, that we're not quite happy with what you're doing. Like, we want to change this, this, and this. And so they had to do extensive reshoots, uh, literally to the point where Gareth Edwards almost just completely walked. So I don't know the extent of it, and I don't know specifically, but that's what I've been told. Yeah. Um, that dust cloud right there where it's, like, actually catching up into space to make contact with the Death Star, that's some scary-ass shit right there. Yeah, imagine how powerful that is. Like... And that's just, like, on the low setting. That's not the planet-destroying. That's just the city-destroying yeah. settings. That's like, a, that's like a meteor of dinosaur level cracking into you. Almost. Like, yeah, well, no, no kidding. It, that would be very similar to that. Yeah, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if that's, uh, uh, that's how they designed that, that shot with the VFX. Like, just study, you know, simulations of the, uh, the, the dinosaur meteor. Yeah. <clears throat> And of course, you know, uh, Star Wars wouldn't be uh, have any good politics if uh, if it wasn't about a bunch of white guys squabbling over who who made the ultimate weapon. <laughs> Specifically, old white guys. <laughs> yeah. Although I still gotta admit, uh, again, like Tarkin here in this in this part for some, like his first appearance was kind of off putting. Here, he's a little bit more convincing and whatnot. Um, but I'm just still glad that I we got to see him in this movie because when you have any plot that involves the first Death Star, it's kind of hard to not have Tarkin because he was, Tarkin. yeah, he kind of was the chief villain of Episode uh, Four. So, yeah, um, still kind of cool that they see it. Uh, so now the rebels are getting news that uh, Jeddah's been destroyed, and now they're gonna do some retaliation. Uh, and they're gonna go straight for uh, Saul Gar or um, Jyn Erso's father. <clears throat> and I still wish, like, dude, Jyn Erso, all she had to do was grab her father's message, <laughs> fuck off back to the base, and be like, "Don't kill him. He's working for us." You're really hung up on that, aren't you? Well, I mean, you know, it's. Uh, I was like, "Hey, wait! You should have taken that." Uh, and, and they bring that up in in the uh, in, in this conversation coming up. He's like, "Everything happened so fast. I forgot about it." I'm like, dude, you had one job. <laughs> you could have saved everyone, including yourself. Oh well, still makes for this movie. Uh, still makes for a pretty good movie. Um, I also love the headphones that Cassian was using earlier because I've seen. It, it honestly looks like some vintage Air Force uh, headphones from way back in the day. Good shit. So yeah, now they're headed out to Galen Erso's uh, location at the, uh, the Imperial base. Bodhi introducing himself <clears throat> and then uh going to kill him. Uh 
Yeah. Oh, oh, by the way, that's another thing that I forgot to mention earlier. When Cassian's talking to that one uh, rebel soldier uh, before, you know, he starts shooting the crap out of stormtroopers, and then he just kills him as a mercy killing. How did you feel about that? That the rebellion was a lot darker, and I think it goes on to my earlier, earlier comment. The nice thing about Star Wars is it takes black and white and throws it into what it really looks like, especially the way that it's evolved. Black and white is not black and white. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a really um, good way to set his character. Like, he's will- like Cassian's like a dude who's seen it all, and he's willing to do anything to save his hide and get the mission successfully done. Um Although I'm still, I'm still kind of iffy that he didn't pull the trigger when he had Galen Erso in his sights, because I would have thought like a dude like this, he would have just like gone straight for it. Yeah. Well, they're, I think, trying to overaccent the power of quote unquote love. Um, and... maybe not love, but I, I I see where you're going with this, like more along the lines of trust. Right. Yeah. So I think yeah, yeah. That's uh, that does kind of feel like his arc is like, you know, it's getting to trust others again and not just kind of look out for himself, which let's be honest, that's totally his character. Well, I th- this movie doesn't have to have characters that evolve a whole lot. You know, this is yeah, because they kill him straight of, off of, of a chapter, not even really an episode, a chapter. And you don't have to grow a whole lot with these you can have your very clearly defined characters and the arc is the story itself it doesn't normally work but luckily with a thing as large as star wars you can allow the other movies to tell it for you that building yeah because the environment informs so much of it yeah yeah because like the uh the environment kind of fills in all the blanks that you really need to know about the story and the plot and whatnot so you can kind of focus more on that um, so now we have Krennic going to Edu, the Imperial Kyber Refinery, which uh, now, oh, now, so you're a little bit more uh, versed in the uh, the expanded universe. What planet are the uh, um, uh, the Kyber crystals on? Because I know the Jedi Kyber? and the Sith have um, like there's neutral- a lot on Dantooine. Um, you're looking at Korriban. Uh, a lot of the places where, because kyber crystals existed naturally, I think there was one on Yavin, I want to believe. And if anybody can comment, uh, if you have a better idea of that than I do, um, please, please let us know. Please do so. It's going to bug the crap out of me, though. But there, I, yep, I do know a lot uh, of them are in the old, well, at least... old places. Um, and the point, well, at least that we can say that they're, Hmm? no, I I was just about to say like, well, at least we can kind of confirm that there's a lot more Kyber in, it's not just the one planet. There's, there's multiple planets that have Well, it is accepted that Palpatine, after his rise to power, farmed the Kyber crystals and then destroyed them. The ones he didn't destroy, like the, the crystal caves that he didn't destroy, was heavily regulated so he found every known place in 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 general knowledge and a little bit deeper using you know the jedi archives using using hearsay 
the uh, Sith holocrons. Yeah, to, you know, it's an, it was another power grab, and it's neat to what they did to one of these, um, one of one of these. Uh, well, yeah, because isn't kyber crystals. Uh, isn't the uh, the because isn't the uh, the kyber crystals also what power the uh, the Death Star super laser? Yeah, I think so. I, I believe yep, so. That's what I thought. Yep, I'm <clears throat> pretty sure. So. Uh, so yeah, now we're going to go out into, to here and, uh, this is where, uh, Jin, uh, she gets into her, uh, uh, her rain out rebel rain outfit, which is probably my favorite outfit for her. like, uh, eventually, like one of these days I kind of want to do, find someone who does Jin Erso cosplay and do a, uh, an actual photo shoot in the rain and do this sort of thing. Cause Oh, I love how they actually bring in the elements back to Star Wars. Like, it's now, you know, wet, dirty, and slimy, and muggy, and just kind of a gross place to be. And it's not uh, quite as pristine. Yeah, yeah, that's a bit... Well, this is more like just, you know, a stormy mountain kind of setting, mm -hmm. whereas Dagobah was like the swamp. Um, but, again, I still, like, because if, if you look at the prequels, they're really clean. But that's probably because they were all shot on, you know, green screen studio. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so they had they lacked that you know tactile grime that the originals had, and since these guys are clearly out on location, um, uh, hell, even if they're on like a uh, a set with just some dressings and like a, a green screen background, they still know how to photograph it and make it look like it's a location, you know. Well, also they're doing different things with camera. It looks more, it looks more realistic. And I know you're far better at noticing these things than I am. Like you still have the regular pans. Yeah, but you um, can see a lot of the mundane action scenes. Like what what we just saw here. We just saw one of the one of the fighters take off, and it was just yep. a, it was just a scene of the of the uh, uh, runway. The, the, the guy just moving but they pan used the yep. camera in such a way that it seemed so much more energetic you could feel the way the weather was for that poor dude out there yep uh because it's the introduction because again these movies actually have budgets unlike the movies yeah. from way back in the day that we love um but uh uh yeah and plus uh the other thing that's the probably the one thing that i kind of really miss about uh, the old movies, the old movies, like if you look at movies, how they were photographed and edited, uh, you know, back in like the late seventies and early eighties, there was a distinct, uh, way of placing the camera, moving the camera, you know, things were a lot simpler in terms of movements mm -hmm. and they were just, they had their own voice in terms of cutting today. And today it's now, uh, they're kind of mixing those old production designs but with the sleek, you know, filming styles of today. Because, you know, the camera's movements are a lot more dynamic. Uh, the depth of field is a lot more shallow. Uh, there's, you know, a lot more detail in the shots and whatnot. Um, and plus, you know, obviously just because of the technology, the compositing is like ten times better. So, yeah. Film there's is a very young art form technically still, so you're still finding, figuring out some new things. Mm-hmm. And back in the 80s, they were still trying to, you know, figure out how shit works. And because yeah. back in the old days when they were shot on film, you had to use the optical printers to make, you know, multiple elements and, you know, how to to add like the uh, the painted backdrops and whatnot. I actually miss painted 
backdrops more than anything. <laughs> there's just, there's a real art to them, and they have just like such a wonderful like dreamlike look to them that I really miss that. Because now we're just they really try to go as photo real as humanly possible. Um, I always when I think of that kind of stuff, I always remember the pilot episode to the original Star Trek with yeah. um with before Kirk. It was the one with Oh, the cage, uh, the unaired pilot. Huh? The unaired pilot, the cage? Yeah, the pilot. Yeah, it was yeah. um um Admiral Pike. He wasn't yes. Admiral yet, he was still captain. Yes. And I remember they they uh, they mind controlled him, or or not mind control, but like they made a, a. Oh god, it's been so long since I've seen this. They gave him a hallucination that he was back on the farm, and god, it was horrible, horrible set. The grass was just painted green, uh, green yep. floor. There was trees that were just green balls on top of wooden sticks. It was horrible, but it was so funny. Yeah, that's kind of the charm of the the old Star Trek. But the thing about Star Wars, well, hey, is I'm just giving a comparison spot. here, sir. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I'm totally okay with Star Wars and Star Wars and Star Trek coexisting. I just really love to poke fun at the rivalry like so much. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. Anyway. Uh, uh director krennic's gonna kill all the uh the, these guys but galen urso totally just outs himself and i really love what krennic decides to do right here he's like oh so you're gonna confess well i guess we're just gonna have to punish you and then he's gonna just shoot them all <laughs> shoot, he shoots them all anyway because it's i think it's actually to the point where he's like dude i fucking know that <laughs> i i know you're behind this and uh, and yeah, here's where uh, Cassian chooses actually not to shoot him. I actually kind of like the look on his face right there. It's almost to the point where he's like, wait, even I'm kind of surprised by my choice. You know? I always wondered... I mean, they know that the dude in, in the white cape is a target as well. And if he said no to yeah. the original target, I still don't know why he wouldn't take out somebody that high. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's another good point. Like, because, dude, when you have, when an Imperial officer walks around with a fucking cape, you automatically know he means business. Right. <laughs> so to not take him out is a little stupid. But again, the rest of the movie needs to happen, and there's some payoffs. Right. So. You do make again, like there are flaws in this movie, but well, the you stuff didn't have that's to hit, so good but you could still take the shot. Yeah, you could. I, I, I guess, I, or even to the point where you could, you could, if you're not sure which, uh, which one of them, you can just wound them both. Yeah. But uh, again, this stuff needs to happen. Like the movie has is like no, 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 no. There's going to be some really cool payoff stuff, and if we do that you're not going to be able to see it. So, yeah, it's one of those things where you're like, little little bit of a geeky nitpick, but well, well let's see what, what the movie has, has to offer. And thank God it actually manages to pull it off because, oh boy, 
there are some amazing moments to come. <laughs> and speaking yes, of amazing moments, the Rebel yes, Alliance please. coming, showing up to fuck up shit. And I love this shot right there, like where you see like the point of view with the uh, the, the X-wing. That's awesome. Just anytime these guys, these guys show up, uh, and it's also really cool seeing like the uh, uh, the X-wings fighting in the rain at night. Again, more of that guerrilla warfare that we didn't really see very often. I mean, technically, the assault on, you know, the assault on the Death Star in Episode 4. Yeah. Um, technically, that was a, a guerrilla style, but it was still played off very much us versus you, very much traditional, what you think of warfare like there's this side and there's this side one side's bigger one side's not but this this really gets the feel of what rebellions are really like you know it's mm-hmm. dirty it's it's knives in the back it's hit yeah. taking the cheap shots it's painful yeah it's it's really painful and I think that's um, part of the appeal of this. You know, you still have yeah. Star Wars. You still have the Force. You still have a this guy. Wait, uh, speak, quote, speaking unquote, of Jedi the Mace, Force, this shit happens. Super cool. This shit. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> that is just the coolest thing. A fu- can can you imagine that Tie Fighter? Real? Can like just the second before he dies, he's like, I got taken out by the blind guy. Well, he wouldn't know. I would love to see a dude who saw that go bullshit. I call bullshit. <laughs> That's like Stevie Wonder taking up a, a a fucking bazooka and just like pointing it out there and like piss off, boom, and it actually takes someone out. <laughs> Feeling superstitious now, baby? <laughs> What's the? <laughs> The uh, the ending scene in Saving Private Ryan when Tom Hanks' character is just shooting the tank with a pistol. And then all of a sudden the tank explodes yes. and he looks at the pistol. <laughs> yeah, that moment is like, the fuck? <laughs> no, I, I, you know what? I would if I, I think uh, there was a, a line in one of the uh, Batman Arkham games movies where Joker uh, shoots a guy, but it's timed with an explosive. And he just kind of looks at it and he's like, best gun ever. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have a final touching moment with uh, Jen Erso and his dad, Gala. Um, who knew that she would be right there at his death? But I guess, you know, a death, death scene has to happen. Force me. Although, you know what's, although, you know what, uh, <laughs> you know what's actually kind of interesting about, um, about this one? Uh, what, oh god what was his name uh yeah mads mickelson who plays galen urso this is like one of the first major blockbuster movies where he doesn't have shit over his eyes <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of uncanny and funny as I swear, like every other uh, movie that this guy's in, like it's one of the big Hollywood blockbuster movies, he's always got shit over his eyes. Whether it's like you know, scar makeup or magic eyeliner, whatever that was in Doctor Strange, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, guy, okay. what was? Uh, he was on a. 
a, a very new film too, but he had an eye patch or something like that. But you're yep. right. He's he's got some kind of facial stuff thing over in his a eye. Lot of movies that just accent his character. This one is fairly plain. Yeah, <coughs> no kidding. So good for him for not getting so typecast. Yeah. <laughs> so now I've the, always uh, really liked him as a character. I like his voice. Oh yeah, dude, totally. Like he should do more uh, voice acting. Like, can you imagine if he was uh, one of the DC villains in like one of the uh, adult animated movies? Ooh. Yeah, man. You hear that, Warner Brothers? Steal this guy away from Disney. <laughs> Would not be mad. Nope, nope, no, wouldn't. So now the uh, the Imperial facility has been destroyed, and now these guys are going to fuck off. Uh, I believe. Uh, Oh yeah, they're going straight to uh, to Jeddah, because that's where the plans are. <clears throat> um, and Jeddah is also probably one of my favorite locations because I looked at uh, Jeddah. Well, I'll, I'll talk about it when we more get uh, when we actually get there because the visuals are like a big part of it for me. Because um, yeah, that's like half this movie. Like it's just gorgeous to look at, and I honestly just want to run around in the sets all day long. Can you imagine Gareth Edwards directing this movie? Like, and just walking around on these sets working on this movie? Because apparently Gareth Edwards is a big-ass Star Wars nerd, even before uh, he made these movies. Apparently, he actually made a worldwide Star Wars pilgrimage to the original set of uh, Homestead, where Luke Skywalker was. It's still there. So he went there what? out in Tunisia. Yeah, he went out to Tunisia. He took a picture where Luke Skywalker stood uh during the binary sunset he went out to norway he went out to the locations uh in um the uh uh the redwood forest where they shot the indoor stuff so the like the dude's already a huge star wars nerd so can you imagine like doing all that and then be disney be like direct our movie i'm not sure i'd be able to get any real work done <laughs> i i i'd just sit there <laughs> I'd sit there and I'd soak it in as long as they'd let me until they fired me. And I'd be happy. Um, um, honestly, I feel like you would be a lot better as the writer. And you just kind of visit the set and just kind of sit sit back uh, with the uh, with the director in their chair and just be like... And just watch the explosions and stormtroopers fly up into the air. No, I can't do that either because they'd have to kick me out. Because I'd be like, <laughs> oh, bullshit, that's not right. That's not how you do that. And I'd last all 30 <laughs> seconds. All of a sudden, I'm not allowed to see. <laughs> <laughs> Point is, uh, everyone, we you hear that Disney keep Nathan Ball away ten thousand feet away from a Star Wars set at all times. Uh, um, how dare you, Tim? I, uh, I, on the other hand, if if you want to invite me, <laughs> please, please invite me. I would love to step onto the Millennium Falcon. And now here comes the big part. Okay, fuck everything else. This is the best part of the movie. <laughs> Go now. I love how they actually don't because if you noticed in the re early parts of the movie, they specify what planet you're on. Like they actually have title cards: Yavin Four, Edu, and uh, like the Imperial Mining Plant and whatnot. They do mm -hmm. not give one here. But you know what? Us fans know exactly where this is: Mustafar, and that's Darth Vader's castle. Because I've seen the original Ralph McQuarrie artwork. Uh, and that's the other thing that I thought was really cool is they uh, they actually dug up the old concept paintings because apparently uh, Ralph McQuarrie did a, a concept art for Darth Vader's castle on a lava planet, and they just ripped it off and did this. That's 
super cool. Yeah, but not oh. as cool as this. Yes, yes, bitch. Yes, bitch. Oh, <laughs> like I just love how he's like um, Vader on his downtime. He's just taking a permanent bath. In back to tanks. Yep. Like he's, he, he just imagine takes... the damage that his body has. That's the only way he can get comfortable. Yeah. He, well, not even really comfortable. He was never truly just habitable. Right. But this, the fucking shadow. And the music swells as Lord Vader graces the screen properly since 1983. Because, I'm sorry, like, I'll love me Revenge of the Sith, but there is no defense against... No! Well, he wasn't truly Vader yet. Yeah, well, but here he is. that we know. Here he is full-fledged Vader. And James Earl Jones is back. I don't care if he sounds like... It, it, actually, was that one thing that you noticed when you first watched this? Like, James Earl Jones sounds super old. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, it happens, but man. It happens, but you know what? I don't give a fuck, because I love this. And this moment right here, where Vader doesn't say shit. He just closes in on him. Like, that's intimidating. <laughs> well, you have to remember, Vader was a dude who got slightly annoyed at a guy at an office meeting and killed him so yep. <laughs> yeah like... but i just love the blocking of that just he just walks in on him um and but totally for real right right here this is darth vader at his finest you know because uh, um but uh uh it, it... god it's so cool seeing him in the original costume as well because they even pulled up the original specs of the uh, um, the suit from A New Hope. <clears throat> and they got it just right. And I do Darth Vader cosplay, so I know all the niche little de details. And outside of the helmet, that suit is spot on. And that, But of course, even though this scene is awesome, how do you feel about this line right here? The choke on your aspirations, director. I don't know. How do you feel about that? He could have been... I hate that he used the word choke. Yeah. Like, you could have made something deviously punny and not use that word. Yeah. Um, I, I think uh, probably one of the best quips that I heard about that is like, Aw, let George Lucas write a line. I think it would have been better if... It didn't show Vader force choking, but if, if the other guy was just nervously grabbing at his throat, that would have been a better yeah. way to deliver that. Because it would have Probably. shown that, yeah, it would have shown that Vader doesn't fuck around. Yeah, it, it's it, it's kind of a hard thing to do, but you know what? At the end of the day, this is a a big dumb smo uh, movie about space wizards. So true. true. Just um yeah little harsh on it, but that's just because we love Darth Vader so much. Um, but it was really cool just to see him walk the walk and talk the talk again. Like, the real way that we remember. Um, and But the one thing that I really love when he closes in on Director Krennic without saying anything, that's probably one of my favorite moves that Darth Vader's ever pulled on someone he's talking down to. Because uh, for those of you who don't know me personally... 
I do Darth Vader cosplay, like professional Darth Vader cosplay. Uh, and there were a couple of times when I was still working out the kinks of my sound system, like my voice sound system, that all I had was breathing, but I had no voice. It was just my voice muffled under the mask. So I had to use my body language entirely. And I have since adapted that as my go-to thing to intimidate people without saying a fucking word. And I can't tell you how well it works and how <laughs> super satisfying it is to see the look on their faces. <laughs> Just see grown men be like, Nyeh. Well, you... It, the, oh, God. The whole costume is just really intimidating all in itself because yeah, you I, can't see I, what I he's looking. He, he, he's, what, six foot six or taller or something like that. So yeah. Just physically uh, imposing. The, well... Yeah, the original Vader, I believe, is about 6'8", 6'9", because David Prowse was like 6'5", right, um, at his height, and the, the helmet physically adds a little bit more, so he's heels, like 6'8". So. Heels, and, well, the helmet also uh, makes him a little bit taller, so, but, uh, yeah, because when I'm in the Vader suit, I'm easily like 6'5", 6'6", and mm -hmm. I'm 6'3", in my bare feet. Right. <clears throat> um, so, uh yeah, uh, and I actually remember when uh, we went to the premiere of The Last Jedi, and I was dressed as Darth Vader, uh, we were walking back to the parking lot, and my breathing is still going, and we're, you're just kind of standing right there next to me walking back, and I remember this mo the moment that I will never forget, is you just turn over and look at me, and look me up and down and just go, that is so intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never felt so pleased with myself <laughs> in my life. <laughs> I'm glad I could give you that thing. Yeah. All right. So, and back to the, yeah, we've been really uh, getting sidetracked here. So now the rebellion, uh, Cassian and like some volunteers are going to go to Jeddah and uh, help take out the, steal the Darth Death Star plans. So like behind the, uh, the rebel leaders uh, backs to take them out. And I really love how, you know, Again, they're emphasizing this whole idea of the rebellion where it's just very scrappy. It's just like working with what they have where these people just kind of come from nowhere. They're they they're fam they don't have any families, they're just each other and they all decide that they want to go out and do this sort of thing, you know. And, yeah, usually rebellions are the enemy. Like they're the enemy of order. All propaganda is going to be against them. They're going to be dirty, they're going to be angry, they're going to be you know, like we've said a couple of times now, they're going to be the knife in the back. And they're going to be the homeless people with, like, the courage to get up and fight. Yeah, they're, they're the heroes after they've already won. Before then, they're the yeah. villains. Yeah, they're just kind of the 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 muck and uh, uh, scum of the underworld. Which mm -hmm. I imagine is where they get their nickname, Rebel Scum. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> All very fitting. And, of course, I love this. Cassian said I had to. <laughs> <laughs> Again, K2SO gets all the best lines in this movie. <laughs> and Alan Tudyk just delivers them on. It's just a level so, so well. <laughs> oh, God. But, yeah, and then we have, you know, them all gearing up, which I love that shot, where they're all just, like, pimping onto the ship and ready to go kick some imperial ass but uh and also i because 
I remember you talk, uh, commenting on this heavily when we first watched it together. Uh, Felicity Day. God damn, that woman. You See, know what I mean? I've been trying to be pleasant this whole time as a guest on your show, but I've been ogling. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's kind of hard not to. Like, God, like that woman is like, not only is she just super fine, but holy hell, that woman can fight. And she can snark. I like, really enjoy the snark. I'm oh, not gonna God, lie. right? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, take me down. <clears throat> okay, I'm done. See, this is why I didn't open up this can of worms, Tim. <laughs> What's that? Oh, Her. oh, and yeah, there it is. The title drop. Rogue One, which I knew as soon as like uh, he was getting on the comedy. He's like, what's your call sign? I'm like, oh, I know what his call sign is. <laughs> I totally know what his call sign is. This is the title of a movie. Why would they, you name this movie? <laughs> And I actually do love uh, the fact that apparently I, I like to think that because the uh, Rogue One, their call sign, their mission to steal the Death Star plans was so successful to the the, the Rebel Alliance that in Empire Strikes Back, they named uh, their uh, Blizzard Force after them, which is why you get in Empire Strikes Back, Rogue Leader, Rogue One, Rogue Two and all that, Rogue Squadron, which I'm like, yes. You know, honestly, I, I didn't put that together until just now. No, I th that's what I like to think. And then, of course, we got Bail Organa kind of uh, alluding to knowing a, a Jedi Master on Tatooine. And, of course, you know, trusting her, which we all know Princess Leia mm -hmm. is going to. So Bail Organa is setting up shit to get uh, Princess Leia the plans and Ben Kenobi to help him with the with the fight from the clone. And then, because, then he's going to Alderaan. Yeah. And dies. That sucks. Well, he I really didn't do. really feel a whole lot. It's more like suddenly it's not his shit anymore. Yeah, I guess. <clears throat> so, also right here, this is another thing that I was like, well, this is a little bit of a repeat, but I'm willing to go. Oh, <laughs> I can survive in space. <laughs> hey, too, being such a jerk. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, watching this sequence right here, I'm like, ooh, well, you guys are definitely on a little bit of repeat. This doesn't feel like Return of the Jedi lowering the shields to get down to the planet to yeah. take out the base. This doesn't feel borrowed at all. This feels totally fresh. No, and also, thinking back on it now, you think they would have had a little bit better, uh, better grasp on this as the Empire if it already happened once. And they let it yeah. happen. Well, t actually, no. To be fair, the second time it happens in Return of the Jedi, uh, that was orchestrated by Palpatine. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Forgive me. Yeah. That, it all adds up. It all adds up. God, we are such fucking Star Wars nerds. Well, <laughs> yeah. But then again, I'm pretty sure anyone who's watching this is already a big Star Wars nerd, so um, who are they to judge? I don't know. Have you met? Some of the Star Wars nerds, good lord. Yeah, good good point, dude. They're yeah. fucking nuts. Well, we'll not get into that because that's despairing. Yeah, yeah. Let people like things. Let, let, we'll just we'll just let them have it. Yeah. But uh, I really do love the 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 design of the uh, the, the God, shield. That, that is beautiful. Right, like the, again, just just from a sheer cinematography and production design, this is a gorgeous looking movie. <clears throat> and uh, I also really do love uh, uh, 
the design of Scarif because this is uh, uh, something that I've been wanting to talk about for a while. Um, oh, yeah, and the dish that they talk about setting up. Plot setup because the, sh- the files are so big. Like, they really have to go into a lot of detail as to why, um, you know. They the, have the, what they have. <laughs> well, well, that, well, it's not just that, but you're like, um, when you watch uh, A New Hope for the first time, you're like, dude, doesn't Princess Leia have email? Yeah. Like, can't she just send the plans <clears throat> over email to Ben Kenobi instead of, like, hiding in a droid to get lost out in the desert? But first off, you know, it was the 70s. Email wasn't a thing then. But also, it's just, like, now they're explaining, like, because it's the future and whatnot, the file size are just too big to do. Like, they need big-ass dishes to transfer this stuff. So... I, y- yep they have uh, they have to do some world building i guess so but um <clears throat> yeah then jenner so giving the speech of yeah we're all probably gonna die <laughs> <laughs> we're all probably going to die which let's be honest they all do die every one of these people die um although what i really do love um because forever for the longest time ever since i was a little kid I've always loved the uh, the uniforms of the Rebel Alliance, specifically that on Hoth and Endor, because um, it because Hoth was just like a cool Blizzard force, but Endor was like the Star Wars version of Vietnam. Uh, and in here, I love how they push that uh, aesthetic even further, because if you notice, some of the guys are straight up wearing M1 helmets from like the 1940s and 50s. They just have like a star wars s coverall mm-hmm. um and apparently i've actually <coughs> looked up the cosplayers uh for this sort of thing uh they sell the covers on like you know forums and uh etsy makers and whatnot and you can literally just straight straight up put it on an m1 helmet and it looks oh, exactly really? like that yeah dude it's oh, totally cool. those are literally just old-fashioned m1 helmets uh from the 1940s and 50s so really cool little star wars aesthetic uh trivia for you there um so now they're doing the inspection and uh again this doesn't feel borrowed at all an imperial inspection going onto a ship <laughs> to become a trap and they just take their clothes and to spot to infiltrate a facility that doesn't feel that doesn't feel borrowed at all that feels 100 percent fresh no it's not it is very much not <laughs> and so now director krennic is here and i actually really love the design of his shuttle like it's really tiny but it's and also really sleek and very much in the style of like the lambda class uh shuttles that vader uses frequently mm-hmm. yeah good shit so yep again just gonna <laughs> take their uniforms and i love the cliche that their uniforms fit perfectly well the other interesting thing is this is hotly debated that the reason that they got off of the death star in the first place was because that it too was a trap to lead them to the rebel forces that's oh, why yeah yeah that's why the stormtroopers suck at shooting the whole thing because it was an unspoken trap that that yeah. wasn't explained very well. That's you know that's actually a really yeah I've heard I've seen that fan theory. Although there was another fan theory that I thought was even cooler, um, 
because the whole idea of a stormtrooper being disgusted at what he's doing, you know, with the character of Finn in The Force mm-hmm. Awakens, um, maybe the stormtroopers were just forced into servitude and they don't want to hurt anybody. And that's why they're such bad shots. Because that's interesting, but that seems even further far-fetched. Uh, yeah. Like, all but... of them. Yeah. At least some of them, anyway. Especially um, when you're on the Death Star and the Emperor is right there. Dude, oh, no. check this. Check that shit out. Like them running through the rainforest. Like this is so World War II Pacific. Yeah. It's not even funny. Like that's Midway. that's the that's the yeah the Battle of Midway or the Battle of Iwo Jima and uh, Okinawa, like all those like great World War II Pacific battles. That's what I really love about this location that they gave it a tropical kind of island sort of feel to make it as close to like world war ii pacific uh island hopping fighting can we as talk can. about how long this scene goes well it's, I, don't, I don't it's a couple scenes but this section of the movie goes like we're yeah. at, a, at, at an hour and 30 in the movie yeah and it's two hours and 13 minutes long that's 40 minutes of this infiltration and battle just yeah. dedicated to doing this god yep. the detail the, yeah and i also really love the 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 other k2 model uh how uh, i really love how they actually distinct their walks like the uh, the the bad one the one that's still working for the Im- imperial empire his movements are very stiff and rigid whereas k2s mm-hmm. is much more rumor like oh, t15s i understand that reference because i'm a <laughs> star wars nerd and that whole general and of course you remember way back when he was talking about the guardians of the wills like, right. hey, I understand that reference <laughs> because I'm a nerd. I like Star Wars. <laughs> God, this, these movies were made for all the nerds. Um, oh, yeah, and that's the, uh, uh, the other thing that I really love about the Rebel uniforms is their hats. They're like army deer hats. Like that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I, uh, I actually found a guy on Etsy who made them. And I personally got a hat like that now. I'm so. sure you did. <laughs> I'm, I'm very happy. Positive. I believe you wholeheartedly. I am <laughs> very happy about that hat. Uh, and as a matter of fact, it's very effective in the winter. Not going to lie. I believe that too, actually. Mouse droid! Because it's not fucking Star Wars until you've seen a mouse droid. <clears throat> you like the mouse droids. Yep. And that so That looks Kate... so gnarly. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> like and k2 is just doing it without any question or it just like no discomfort or whatsoever just going straight at it and i also really love how the port on the back of that k2's model's head it looks exactly like uh the the cable port from r2d2 mm-hmm. yeah good good aesthetic <clears throat> and i love how he's like <laughs> yeah we're just fucked we are f- so fucked <laughs> And they're just like, well, might as well get started. And uh, like you said before, like the whole guerrilla fighting, uh, I love their tactics that they use uh, later on uh, where they're like, let's make 10 men feel like 100. Mm-hmm. And they just kind of go out and really use their guerrilla tactics to the max where they just like, even though there's like maybe, what, 20 of these guys uh they're making Barely. it yeah yeah they're making it feel like there's a full-on assault of like 200 guys out yeah, there like, look at that it's all across the that stretch of the island yep and i, <laughs> I actually love that line he's just like 
everyone's just kind of silent while the explosions goes off and he looks back and I'm like what are you pulling just deploy the gas Oh man, fucking stormtroopers hauling out, and I love the uh, the the desert troopers there, like the mm-hmm. uh, the the scarif troopers, if you will. Because, <clears throat> and yeah, I, I love the fact that uh, they're like, you know what, the, the stormtroopers are really cool and all, but let's let's give them some new flavors just specifically for this movie. I'm okay with that because even though that these stormtroopers don't show up in the original trilogy at all. Um, I'm just mowing down, bottlenecking. Yep. Just, boom. I love that shit. <laughs> just kicking the shit out of Stormtroopers. And then we got the Death Star again. Another really cool shot. Another cool shot of the interior where we see T- Governor Tarkin's, like, Scarif's under attack and whatnot. <clears throat> um, see, that's a great shot. Yeah. Right there. And, and Except for the mouth. Now I see it. Yep. When he's See? not when he's not talking, See? he he yeah. actually looks pretty cool. Mouth gets you, mouth gets yep. you. And, and I didn't know what you told me about that though before the over overacting with the dialogue. But well, it's not. It's yeah, I know. Gets <laughs> you so fucking great. Um, but it's yeah, but it's not just like overacting. It could also be underacting, not giving enough information for the animators to work with, and they try to compensate. So, like, the actors are trying to compensate for the animators, and the animators are trying to compensate for the actors. And if one kind of tips the balance too far, it, it just kind of ruins the shot. So, yeah. Uh, but anyway, now, now the Rebels have heard that uh, the Rebels are on Scarif, and they're going to go out and fight and reinforce these guys. And it's the most fucking awesome thing ever. <laughs> Motherfucker. Dodging bullets. <laughs> like they're fucking dodgeballs. <laughs> If you can dodge a wrench, you can can dodge a blaster bolt. You can really tell the camaraderie that this group of 20 has. Like, everything hits harder. It's not just some random dudes in the garrison. Like, there, you see pain. You see surprise. It's people. Brotherhood and that sort of thing. I love this shit. May the force be with you. The launching. It's the two droids. It's not Star Wars without you guys can't see at home, but I'm bouncing up and down <laughs> like a little kid. Yeah, <laughs> you know that actually. Uh, I was talking to uh, my buddy Nick on our podcast of Solo. The reason, probably the reason why Solo didn't do well, didn't have C three PO and R two D two. They're like the lucky sin, charm, really. But yeah, they're the lucky charm, dude. Like yeah, they're in there for this one moment, but that one moment still good. <laughs> so. Now, uh, now the rebels are taking fire, and now I love what Bodhi does here. He, uh, he starts getting on the comm, and he starts, you know, scram like talking to like giving in false reports, sending the garrison in a whole bunch of different places, and sending a whole lot of miscommunication. Excellent, 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 um, uh, guerrilla warfare tactics. Uh huh. Yeah. Good shit. Also inflating numbers. Yes. Inflating numbers and misdirections and <clears throat> uh, misinformation and just I love that. It's it's taking those real world tactics. <clears throat> and now this moment, the thump, thump, and just like guys, 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 run, please run. Because. <laughs> Can you imagine those motherfuckers? <laughs> that, yeah, just, nope. Like a nope. Nope. 
Nope, 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 nope. Run away. Uh-uh. I'm done. I draw the line at Adat. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do against that? Uh, run. That's what God. you do. Run, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't want to see an ad. Oh, this shot right here. Boom. Okay, this is one of my favorite things of how they're shooting these dogfights now. Because you remember in the old days where it was just the camera kind of bolted to the uh, the cockpit like this? Uh-huh. Um, oh, wait. Gold leader standing by. And red leader from uh, the, the old movies, man. That was a really cool surprise moment. Um, but, yeah, like I said, uh, they usually bolt the camera just for the medium shot of the pilots. In here, they actually go, like, take it a step further. Like, they'll bolt, the, quote, unquote, bolt the camera to the uh, the sides of the and the wings of the uh, the X-Wings. Almost to really give it that sense of, like, these were, you know, uh, 1940s dogfights. Uh-huh. That back in the day, they just bolted the cameras to the cam- to the uh, the plane as it fly flew around. So I mean, you, you know, they do sh- shit like this where the the camera movements are a lot more dynamic. But right there, dude, where you see uh, the cameras just bolted to the uh, the side of the uh, the X wing fighter, it feel that I love that kind of groundedness to the way that they shoot these things. Because you know, back in the old days, it was either like a medium shot of the pilot maybe a point of view and then you had dynamic shots like this like this feels like if return of the jedi had a budget yeah you know <clears throat> so and i really love the fact that you know they're pushing that uh the language of the the cinema a little bit further um and it honestly feels like it's from like the 70s like they're drawing you're they're clearly drawing inspiration from like you know old dogfight films like the howard hawks films from the 1930s so, really, really good shit there. <clears throat> so, now they got to get the shield down in order to get the, the plans up. Because uh, there's always something fucking wrong with these with these goddamn missions. <laughs> so, the rub- <clears throat> now they got to uh, blow a hole in shield gate, transmit the plans. <clears throat> and uh, then they can steal the plans. So, yeah. All that good shit. Um, I was like, there was some other stuff that I wanted to say, but I, my mind's kind of blanking. Uh, although I do like this moment right here. They actually give K two a gun, which I'm still wondering how that. Uh, I I was still wondering when she first gave him that gun how that was going to play out, because <laughs> it's K two. <laughs> I expect and, only great things. Yeah. Now this shit right here, straight out of like I said, straight out of the Battle of Midway. You know, oh, so good. And, um, sir, why are you? Do you really think like a little patch of sand is going to stop uh, a I blaster? I think I'd by? rather be in a patch of sand than just kind of swimming. Good point. And then right here, I thought like, oh shit, maybe they got it. Nope, nope, nope. We're all gonna die, but nope. Reinforcements come in, dude. Rebel Alliance coming in for air support, and it's the coolest thing ever, man. Also, I love uh, the fact that this squadron right here specifically is Blue Leader or Blue Squadron. I'm yeah. nodding. Sorry, I keep on agreeing with Tim. Non-vocally, I'm not used to not used to this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to. <laughs> yeah, this this really is your very first podcast, is it not? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's fun, isn't it? 
A little bit. Yeah. I, I definitely catch the appeal. Yeah. You can see why I get into this shit. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, now they got to activate the comms towers to get the shield down and always fucking hurt. Now this shit. Dude. <laughs> the This is the kind of Star Wars battle, like classic Star Wars battles that we've been missing for like 30 years. This shot right here is probably one of my favorites where, the, again, camera's bolted down to the X-Wing and it just follows them. Oh, that's so cool. It honestly feels to God like they just strapped a camera to an actual X-Wing in space and just hit record. <laughs> and it's not enough, like, to just... You, they even bring back, like, the old sound effects, like the really, like, quote-unquote uh, bad-sounding ones from, like, the uh, the original films with the, the, pro the, t the torpedoes. And this motherfucker just... With a with a monkey it's sound. Shit. <laughs> Boom. Ooh. Yeah. Just taking that ex that ad ad out straight up. And also, look at how many strides just visually that you could make. You know, in thirty years or forty years, because before when you know on Hoth when the ATATs were brought down, it was this big hulking thing. There were explosions, but it was the 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 old school flashy green blue red explosion things and it just kind of fell down yep. but now you yep. have like jerking motions of what a machine would do if it suddenly you know all the hydraulics just blew you have you know mm -hmm. reactionary hits and it looks so much I, better i still kind of miss the i, I still kind of miss the uh, the, the old models cuz they're the ones that genuinely felt like they had weight because they did have weight well yeah i, um, I mean but, i get where you're coming from there but still you know uh this makes me sad. oh yeah totally and then this shit right here dude anytime it cuts to the space battle i'm like yes bitch yes <laughs> this is the kind of star wars battles i haven't seen in years and we have a fucking gold leader again they bring back the original uh actor to do I, i'm pretty sure uh those shots specifically where you see like a close-up of him young again is uh archive footage that was unused for episode four which is still pretty cool before, now we have the super cool yep yep and then we have the the tie fighters being released and now shit's fucking up oh that's not an you know scary at all like just a hundred storm tie fighters just flying straight at you not intimidating at all i need to change my pants <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah like you see right there like those guys w with the helmets those are straight up m1 helmets with just like oh a yeah Star you're Wars right sheet i can see it over it. yep so it's really cool that you can just kind of you know go to a um a surplus store pick up one of those and then just get the coverall and boom you got a rebel helmet <clears throat> now shit's being reinforced and a lot of what for jetta again just going back to that pissed off you know rebel scum rebel scum is its finest man we're having no effect on the shield you don't say oh yeah oh and this shit this happens red five red five red five goes down well guess what buddy someone much more competent is going to take your place in the <laughs> sequel that's just mean <laughs> but true but mean it is true well, dude i mean luke skywalker is the one who took down the entire death star 
I'm sorry, sir, but even if that guy was, you know, still remotely good, <laughs> you just don't beat that. Oh, yeah, just K2. I love how casual it is to take out stormtroopers in these movies. <laughs> like, it's no big deal. Whatever. <laughs> but again, if you were, if you had to run around in that uniform, you'd probably get your ass kicked left and right, too. Right. Because you can't see shit in that thing. And you can't really move that well, either. Uh, that's, and, and the that's armor's actually... not even that good. No. Like, why do you guys even bother with the plastic anymore? Why don't you guys like look more like this? At least their armor looks functional. And not just intimidating in a in a parade. <clears throat> Although I will admit, uh, uh, the... It, the uh the stormtroopers like for all we give it like all the crap we give it for the lack of uh movement and whatnot i do gotta admit the stunt guys in these movies doing the acrobatic stuff in the armor is a really impressive compared to the old stuff because the old stunt guys in the uh the uh the suits from way back in the day you could see those guys those guys were those were really awkward to move in but you see these guys their emotions are a oh, lot yeah. more fluid, you know? Like, these guys are taking some serious falls. Like, it's a lot more naturalistic. So I'm I'm guessing it's a, a, a difference in uh, stunt talent, choreography, and better costume design. Because I know by the time they did Return of the Jedi, they made some serious, like, upgrades to the Stormtrooper armor, and that made it a lot easier for stunts. <clears throat> and then we, you know, have... K2SO getting his ass kicked and blasted to death. <clears throat> now they have to climb to get to the plans because the power's going out. And of course, like the moment we were all kind of dreading but saw coming, K2SO's going to die. Boom. He did. <clears throat> very, very. Oh. Yeah. But he went out like a boss, so it's okay. That's true. He totally that went out like true. a boss. That is true. I'm actually kind of surprised he didn't get, uh, you know, tagged by those stormtroopers, like, a lot more time. Because there were, like, two dozen surrounding him by that point. You'd think but he was get... also returning fire. Yeah. For I a guess. while there. Yeah, still. I, I, I'm, I'm still kind of amazed, like, he wasn't uh, shot up a lot more. <laughs> Even though, he, although, he, to be fair, he was still pretty shot up. Um so yeah, now Bodhi's got to connect the thing, to get the thing, to do the other thing, so the rebels can do the thing. Your descriptive powers have no equal, sir. <laughs> uh, uh, the force is truly strong with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but actually, you know, that was the the other thing. Like when uh, Bodhi got confronted by those two stormtroopers. I actually kind of wish he had a little bit more time to try to talk his way out of it. Cause the dude's still in an Imperial uniform. Right. Like I, I want to, so I kind of wanted to see just like a little bit more of that. Um, and then, Oh yeah. And then, uh, yeah, that shit right there where they got, again, anytime they strap the camera to, uh, the X wings, it's always really cool to look at. And blue leader is down back on the beach. Um, apparently there was a lot more to this battle too. Like there was, really? an yeah, there was an actual <laughs> heist. Like if you look at the, uh, um, uh, what is it? The, uh, the, the, the trailers, there's like, uh, you know, them actually heisting the team working together with the plans in their cell, in their hands, fighting on the beach in their own costumes and not 
in disguise or anything. Oh. Yes, bitch. Yes. Oh, look how intimidating those troopers look. Right. Uh, and, of course, they have to get changed, have to get back to their respective character looks because marketing is a thing. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, there's there was apparently a lot more to that. Uh, Krennic was actually wa- uh, walking through war-torn Scarif. Uh, so it, my guess is, like, a lot of it was either deleted or just got reshot because that I, I really need to go into it and figure out exactly what was originally there and what was changed and what did they originally have in mind and whatnot but oh Can my god talk about that... how that dude just took a shot at center mass and just adrenaline out of there yep but oh my god jumping from that height that is so dangerous i'm not good with heights i'm not okay with this <laughs> i think they're aware that they're in plenty of danger tim <laughs> <laughs> yeah at but... that point but dude, like uh, actually, uh, I remember you say, pointing this out when we were watching, like uh, during the climax. Like you look at Felicity Day and she's like, "Dude, you have died from just falling like five times in a row already." <laughs> <laughs> like it's kind of scary, because like right there, dude, that's like the n- number two in the span of like three minutes. Where she oh. almost died from just falling. Never mind the blasters and the explosions and whatnot. And speaking of blasters and explosions, boom. Pew, 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 pew. And... Oh, gee, again! <laughs> Stop it. And, oh, he did. And now we have this wonderful moment with Toph. With Star Wars Toph. <laughs> I am one with the Force and the Force is with me. I am one with the Force and the Force is with me. That, that's actually one of my favorite things that this movie spawned. I love that. that and what little... a boss moment, too. Right? But I love the fact that it's like a genuine, it feels like a genuine prayer, you know? Mm-hmm. But of course, uh, you know, just like, how are these stormtroopers missing? Well, you know, uh, the Force was... The concept of the forest was derived heavily off of like Taoism, so a lot of chance, a lot of belief of, you know, life itself governs its own rules and and and, and things of that nature. So, <clears throat> again, talking about this character because he's just a fascinating character. He describes yeah. what a non-militaristic force user Ow. would be like almost almost religion-esque like a like a monk yeah yep so the chant uh, actually makes perfect sense it totally does but how much cooler would that scene have been if he just uh pulled open his staff and turned on a lightsaber oh i was waiting for it the whole damn movie (laughs) but of course like i said like this is in one of those movies where you probably shouldn't get too invested in these characters. This is yeah. this is Star Wars meets Suicide Squad meets Star Wars Battlefront. And I am okay with everything in that sentence. God, this is so emotional. Uh, my heart. I just met you. I don't even know your name really. I could you could hold a blaster to my face and I would not be able to tell you. Uh. I just say Star Wars Toph character. Chirrut, I believe, is the name I've been... Either way, 
he's still tough. <laughs> I'm right. sorry. It's really hard to like separate that. Right. No. Um, <laughs> so now we have. Uh, you know, it's actually interesting that uh, even though we have um, uh, a calamari in command of the rebel fleet here, it's strangely it's not Admiral Akbar. I kind of want to see that. Eh, whatever. I think I think I think that there's a fine line between fan pandering that they had to have and uh that was just one of them. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's so I guess I was just rooting for Admiral Ak more Admiral Akbar in the last Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we could have at least had it here or whatnot, but whatever. This still suits it. This guy seems like he knows what he's doing, and the the uh, the CG enhancements on the uh, uh, the makeup, because I because I'm pretty sure that what they did was they had an actor in the chair in full makeup, but he didn't have all the expression that they needed for uh, this role, so they ha had some CG enhancements to give it more life into the face. It's easier to do with an alien. Yeah, and, and, you know you have nothing to base it on. Mm-hmm, and of course. Bodhi gets it with a thermal detonator. Boom. Sad pace. But it's okay, because he did his job. All of these characters actually go out like total badasses. They do. They kind of just accept their fate, like, this is my job, and I'll be damned if I don't take everyone out in trying I, to do my job. I'm going to take... Look, I might die on this mission, but I'm going to take as many of you motherfuckers with me. And even this guy, like, who's, like, this whole movie is bitching about how the Force is just a stupid-ass concept. Here he is, doing that same chant, I am one with the Force, and the Force is with me. And just taking shots left and right from these fuckers. Until, finally, one point, he just gets one with an armed thermal detonator, looks back at his buddy, and then everything just goes black for him. Yep. Yeah. Oh, good shit. What a badass. Right. All of them. Now. All of them. This quest this part I still kind of question. At the rate this thing open and closes, how no, does she zero. get through that without with, without dying or, like, getting hit? <laughs> Whatever. It, it's okay because we got more awesome moments, including this moment. Oh, my God. This moment right here where they uh, – Go like they just ram right into the down <laughs> star destroyer, <laughs> and then this shit. <laughs> what a just, ballsy move! I like, mean, really, <laughs> like not only that, but they're just gonna shove it right into the other one. <laughs> like, like that's that's brass balls, sir. Right? Brass balls. <laughs> a plus plus for effort, sir. <laughs> oh yeah, and also I uh, the the weird TIE fighter things that are flying around on Scarif. Love the cool new design with that. Um, oh, yeah, and apparently, according to the trailer, when uh, Jin has to go out to realign the antenna, a Star Destroyer just, like, rises up in front of her, like, at point-blank range. Oh. Yeah. So it would have been, like, Jin Ursa versus a TIE fighter. So, yeah, there was a lot of shit. Like, right there, like there was uh, where she's walking up to it. There was supposed to be a TIE fighter to face that she was supposed to face down at least from the trailer but again uh lucasfilm decided didn't need it needed to rewrite it got cut out whatever i don't know i don't know the full story i wish i did honestly 
What a shame. That would have been really, really cool, right? But I think that might have actually been a distraction. So I'm actually for that uh, yeah. change. This, I am God. so for. Dude, <laughs> they just slice that thing like it's a fucking apple pie. <laughs> that that like... may be one of the single most creative ways to take out a Star Destroyer I have ever seen. Right. That's another really great thing about these new Disney movies. They get really, really fucking creative with their space battles. Uh, they, they really know how to change it up and do something different. Um, which, like, one of my favorite moments in uh, The Last Jedi is when they hyperspace straight through the Imperial cruiser. That was a beautiful scene. Yeah. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you like or dislike the movie. That scene was gorgeous. A lot of people bitch about it and like, that ru totally ruins the rules of space battle. Bitch, there are no rules it to space does battle. not. People <laughs> just are generally not suicidal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. You don't just send an entire ex very expensive cruiser at a, uh, a, a another starship if there are other people on board who don't want to die. And uh, you don't want to take out an entire ship, one, one of your ships, unless you're really desperate. Yeah. So I love uh, I, I love you know we keep on bringing this up and it's just gonna have to because it it it's Rogue One Rogue it's it's a story of just how nitty gritty the rebels are but every single rebel here especially in this fight are just like oh yeah fuck me <laughs> well how about fuck you <laughs> that's right they just have like a real attitude and that's what i love about the rebels that's why uh i'm more interested in joining the rebel legion than the 501st because i just love having that rebellious edge also that's a really great way to take out the shield not only using the the, uh, the down star destroyer to take out the other star destroyer but to take that down to start star destroyer to take out the shield that's a that's a hell of a hit there. I I know, right? <laughs> there, sir. And now what a shot! And now they're yeah, great shot, kid. That was one in a million. <laughs> <laughs> and so now they're finally got the shield going up. And also, I love the fact that they do leave him because there's a moment coming up where Krennic does meet his death, and it's so awesome. But we'll get to that in a moment. So. Now they have the plans. The rebellion has the plans, and it's been, and it's and the the mission is successful. And you're like, damn, how are these two gonna get out of it? They're not. Spoiler alert, I guess. Let's face it. If you, oh that shot, oh, that shot, the Death Star rising over the planetary horizon. Yikes! <laughs> God. They really know how to shoot the Empire in this movie. Oh, They're also, another, th good. another thing that I wanted to talk about in this movie is, uh, you know what, the uh, another really great bonus to this movie? Because for years and years and years, we've had the musical track, The Imperial March, right. which we've all had as our ringtone at one point or another, right? Also true. Um, this, this movie gave us the Imperial, uh, the Imperial Suite, which is the mm. dun da da dun like hell yes i want more imperial like marches <laughs> hell yes i want that 
So yeah, we gotta like mention the uh, the musical score is just as good um, mm-hmm. as this whole movie. And then of course we have this bit right here, where Krennic meets his death. Dude, they finally <laughs> fuck gets vaporized. <laughs> like, and you know what the crazy thing was? I'm pretty sure Tarkin knew he was straight up up there. I'm and just sure decided Tarkin doesn't give a single solitary shit either. Nope. So... <laughs> but he just aimed right for his face. Dude, that was the one dude who would talk down to Vader. Yeah, good point. Think about and speaking that. of Vader, boom. Like, I love how the Star Destroyer just comes out of hyperspace and just rams into the smaller ships. Like, I, we've never seen that shit before, and I love it. So, yeah, Darth Vader's pimping out and, on his Star Destroyer and just busting the shit out of him. And now this moment here where uh, everyone's kind of expecting them to kiss it, I'm glad that they don't. Yeah, you know what? I am Neither so am okay I. with that. Because yeah. I'm okay with them just hugging because they're like, we're about to die and I don't want to die alone. That's a very human thing, mm-hmm. but they didn't have that connection. But it doesn't, yeah, no. no. They're you co-workers, always, dude. You wanted them to just because that's how you like stories, but, yep. you know, Vader. if you think about it, if you're sitting there at the end and you just have somebody there, that's yeah. way more comfort. It doesn't care who it is, you know? Yep, yep. If you're sitting there and, like, if, if, if like, World War Three happens and your town gets hit by a nuclear blast as these two are about to... Uh, yeah, and if, if I was just standing next to my coworker, I'd hug him too. Right. Because I don't care. I don't want to die alone like that. So now the whole, the entire Rogue Squadron is dead. Scarif has been destroyed. And now we get to, hands down, the best scene in the entire movie. Like, just when you thought Darth Vader was completely wasted... In this whole fucking movie, this happens. We got the down, damaged, battle-torn rebel spaceship on the brink of destruction from the Empire. Doors I jammed. I don't think... I, ooh, the door. I don't think the <laughs> listeners quite understand how much... The dark. I fucking love the... The breathing. And then this... Yes! 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 <laughs> yes. Like just bitch yes. slapping those bolts away. Like, he's not even really trying. <laughs> just, oh, dear God, I thought Darth Vader's gonna kill us all. And then this. Like, he puts him on the ceiling. Oh like, yes! Just walking yes. through people. <laughs> just like, nope, gonna take all your blasters, gonna fuck you up. Oh, you think you're gonna, oh, you think you're gonna do something? Nope. Push your ass aside. Just take it. He, he knows he's done. Do the job. Boom. Oh, Boom. my God. Oh, my God. And just, Jesus Christ. Like, that shit is, like, something straight out of Alien. Oh, and right there, director cameo. The guy who pulls the lever. That's actually Gareth Edwards. Yeah. Really? Um, yes. I'm going to get to that in a moment, but I just want to, like, splooge over Vader here for a moment because this shit right here, just watching him get away, and he's just kind of looking at him like, Fuck the uh, fuck! I'll also, get we could talk about get his suit there too. Like his suit's a level one space suit. Like he could stand out in space for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was actually part of the original concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let me talk about that because this moment. Oh my god! When I saw this, I'm like, dude, dude. 
And then right here, it looks amazing. And then as soon as she looks up, it's not gone. Quite right. Yeah. It's gone. No. And now we're good again. Yep. And I really do love the fact that it was Carrie Fisher who said the final word. Because, as a matter of fact, uh, she died, like, less than a week after this movie came out. So, everyone going to the theater at Rogue One, like, there was, like, a big, like, uh, trend on Facebook for people to come outside of the the opening night uh, of uh, Rogue One. And because they all had their lightsabers in hand, everyone would stand outside of the theater holding their lightsabers up in silence. Oh, that's cool. Right. Oh, God, I... I'd have lost it. Oh, what I was a... not okay for a long time when she passed. Um, actually, can, we also got to mention one. Of, uh, we've also lost another person of the Star Wars That's family, true. Peter That's Mayhew. True. I saw a post that broke my heart, and I saw a post that said uh, that had a picture of uh, Peter Mayhew and his memorial, and it said, "Take care of the princess, Chewie." Uh. That hurts me right in the feels, man. <sighs> but yeah, that, so that, ladies and gentlemen, is Rogue One. So uh, uh, before we get into thoughts, I, I kind of want to finish up on like a little bit of more stuff there. James Earl Jones is Darth Vader coming yes. back. Yes. Um, so yeah, we were mentioning Darth Vader because like, as a matter of fact, uh, when the original concept art of Vader came in, uh, they Ralph McQuarrie was like, this guy is going to go from one spaceship, they're going to blast a hole in the other spaceship, and he's going to walk on board. He should have some life support. <laughs> so, so that's literally the whole reason why Darth Vader has the breathing unit on there. Um, so um, so I guess that was kind of a little nod to be like, yeah, Darth Vader's design is based off the idea that he can just kind of walk straight out in space. So, and that kind of makes sense, you know. I'm actually a little bit more worried about the stormtroopers, you know. Well, you know, the thing was they wanted to make Palpatine wanted to make Vader, especially when he had the small chance to re, literally remake somebody as intimidating as as powerful as you could be as a symbol, not necessarily in strength because he never wanted a true rival, but you know, Vader's job was to be this bodyguard, almost. This symbol of the Empire and its unwavering strength. So you made him hulking. You made him more than human. And, yeah. oh, did it work. Oh, my God. Um, never before. I, th- I think the there's only one other time where I find Darth Vader more intimidating than that hallway scene. And that's right before Luke Skywalker confronts him in the carbon freezing chamber when he's just looming overhead. I am always reminded of my favorite quote, and it's through the comics of Vader. <laughs> I know exactly where you're going with this. If the rebel forces have Vader surrounded on some desert planet, I believe it's Tatooine, though I'm not sure. Um,. And they go, stop, you're surrounded. And he says nothing but, I am surrounded by nothing but fear and dead men. And he activates his lightsaber. Fuck. Fuck. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, but right, uh, actually, I think that whole last minute Vader scene, because apparently they 
uh, that was not in the original script. Gareth Edwards was just like, yeah, I hear we had this thing. really iconic scene with Darth Vader halfway through, and we just kind of want to see a little bit more of him, but we can't show too <laughs> much. So what are we uh, going to do? And he just Ahsoka thought of this like, idea where he attacks yeah. the uh, the rebels just before they get away, uh, and they shot it literally at like a, they did th- that whole thing was a reshoot tacked on at the last second. It's amazing. And it makes so it's, it's much a, makes the movie from you know, pretty damn said, good there's, to there's holy fuck that, that is the most amazing Star Wars moment I've and, ever and seen. And if I if I want to get a, a, a little <laughs> um, a little into this just a little and, bit longer, uh, it, so, uh, tragedy that was straight story straight up an alien or evil you dead, so hard you know, just all the time. Just, and I love the, the, the part where that one guy's just banging on the door like, "Oh my God, open up the door! Darth Vader's gonna kill us all." Just off the top of my head, the worst. Just, and you can tell he's the just the worst pissed. thing you can do. Is, is, is try oh to flop man, but oh yeah, and then uh, I wanted to mention uh, the uh, the little director the cameo hand, where the guy, who, the rebel soldier, really puts the switch to release the Tantive uh, um, Four into space. Gareth Edwards specifically wanted to, that to be his cameo Vader, because that way, especially Lucas was trying to emulate an epic chronologically However, you want to. Say Vader it. is the perfect uh, his character actually gets every to participate in, in the very first battle in episode four. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's like, so now the character that I cameoed as is now canon as a character that uh, is present in the very first Star Wars movie. Like, that is such a bitchin' nerd move right there. Like, <laughs> fuck if i'm gonna be in this movie i want to be in the old movies and i know how yeah. to do that <laughs> Passion, Tim, passion. <laughs> so, that was really cool and i also really love how they just perfectly recreated the sets and everything it was so cool to see again on the big screen so but yeah that's the only that was the last thing i wanted to say about that scene because holy fuck Holy fuck. What? Passionate is a word I would use, yes. Yes. Anyway. Be the gentleman um, over there. But, uh, I cherish it. <clears throat> While you get yourself situated, Freaking I'll just it. keep talking. But, um, yeah, just, like, after after all that that it, it has hopefully i get yeah, invited yeah, over again a hell of a fun <laughs> ride wink, wink. uh so i don't know if there's any final thoughts from from your end because like i said before this movie to me has been uh sure what the new done, generation so. of star wars battlefront video games <laughs> uh, and if it had a movie adaptation this is the best example of what it would be this is i'm trying to say this is star wars battlefront the movie meet suicide squad and i am beyond happy that that's a thing yeah (laughs) oh yeah you know that's another thing that you that I noticed about this movie when it was over. This is the first movie where uh, Star Wars movie where there's not a lightsaber duel. So hope to catch you all next week. May the force be with you all.
soundtrack is hosted by Tim, Hannah, and me, Martha, and was originally created by Tim Lifehite. If you have any questions or suggestions for a future show, leave us a comment or reach us at comtrack.podcast.gmail.com. Like and subscribe on our YouTube channel and follow us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter page. This has been an episode of Comtrack where you'll never have to watch a movie alone again. Thank you and good night. Thank you.